This episode is brought to you by JList.com. On JList.com, you can shop from a constantly evolving catalog of anime toys and books, Japanese snacks, anime computer games, and so much more. Support this podcast and visit JList.com for all of your anime shopping needs. And we are back to the 298th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. It's hard to come back from that commercial because I want to be high energy, but that's such a low energy thing. I'm like, I just want to be like, yeah. I'm high energy. We're back. I'm all jacked up on ramen soda and crack. (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) Anime crack, that is. (laughs) All right. Speaking of anime crack, uh, I got nothing. You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the 298th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, coming at you live uh, every from Sunday. From St. Petersburg, Florida. From live Woo! from St. Petersburg, Florida, every Sunday at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. It's funny, pe- people that listen to this show, you know, months from now will say, it used to be at 5? Because we change it all the time. I know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it was at four before. It was wasn't it Friday nights at one point? Yeah, we had it at eight o'clock. Oh, at eight yeah. o'clock, and we were in Japan. Yeah. Well, anyways, for the time being, you can find us live on our UStream, which is uh, UStream.tv, and then a bunch of other stuff. Anime Addicts Anonymous. Just search for us. You'll find us. Or to make it easy on yourself, you can just go to our website, aaapodcast.com. Uh, from there, you'll find links to our iTunes, Facebook, Twitter. Our Twitter is at AAA Podcast. We've got Chiaki over here, who you can find on Twitter at Elise Kova. Yep. And uh, you can find me at AAA Kazuo. Uh, what about me? You pretty much take over the podcast Twitter all the time and post random stuff about football. Hey, that is not entirely true. <laughs> that is only true sometimes. That is not entirely true. Only true whenever a football game is on. Which is almost every night. Yes. So, all right, we've got a very exciting episode for you guys today. But before we get into that, we've got, of course, our housekeeping and things like that. Um, I do want to touch on our Patreon. We are still reaching, striving for that fifth milestone. Yes. We're so close. I really want to see my wrestler, wrestle Chiaki. Yes, the fifth milestone, as, as he mentioned, was that you will uh, get in a big sumo suit and it will be the uh, Moe Archangel versus the Church of Mitsugi. Yes, and it will be massive destruction. I'm gonna use my uh, my devastating elbow drop. <laughs> I don't think that's how that's how sumo works. Right onto the throat of Moe. I don't know if you're allowed to do. I don't think that's. Against, I think that's against the rules in sumo. Well, we're gonna I'm make some new rules. We're gonna make some new ones. <laughs> okay, it'll be like a WWE sumo match. Um, of course, if you uh, head over to our Patreon, it's Patreon.com/slash. AA podcast, I believe. Uh, from there, we've got a bunch of different offerings that we have. We've got uh, bi-weekly hentai episodes, and then on the opposite weeks, we have our after parties that we make available for you guys. Um, you can get our unedited early podcasts uh, 48 hours before they release to everyone else. So you can get them. 
Uh, you can also get ringtones and a bunch of other stuff there. So go ahead and check that out, and we appreciate you guys contributing to the cause. Yeah, that last unedited episode was pretty interesting because I accidentally encoded our, at one of our hentai episodes over top of our regular episode. So I oh was boy. like, I was like, hey, it says unedited. I'm not supposed to edit this. <laughs> so for those of you that are on there, you literally got you get the raw deal. You got the real hentai episode on top of the regular podcast episode. Just Bonus. So, so you can see my uh, my ineffectiveness as, as a product, as, as a podcast producer. But thank God for Ustream, I was able to get the audio off of the video that we recorded, so thank which is God. Which is hilarious, because also thanks to your support on Patreon, we were able to afford these awesome new mics. That's right. Uh, and of course, we couldn't use the audio from them for most of that episode. So hopefully this one will be much better. Um, this particular episode, we're gonna have, our main topic is going to be 21 anime that failed to make money in Japan. So yes. not necessarily bad anime at all, it's just something that wasn't really successful uh, in, in Japan. Um, then of course, uh, we're going to be doing more impressions. Let's see for our impressions this week. What do we have? We've got, uh, I'm going to be doing an impression on heavy objects. Okay. We've also got uh, Sakurako san, which is one that I'll be doing a very interesting show about a girl who likes bones. And <laughs> I'll also be doing uh, one punch man. And then what else do we have for impressions? I don't see the list here. It's probably down towards the bottom. Lance and masks. And I'm going to do, oh, I'm is. also going to do Noragami Aragoto. Aragoto? That's that's what it is. Okay. Hey, you had Concrete Revolution. I I can have Aragoto, okay? Thank you very much. Okay. Just asking. Wow. I'm I'm excited to hear that impression. Um, So, okay, we have our weekly trivia, which we have on the website every week. Again, you can go to aapodcast.com. You can jump in the forums there, uh, hang out with people, and also do our weekly trivia. The answer for this week's trivia was Nicholas D. Wolfwood. Uh, and the correct answers were Guyver Kuno, Chibi Rob, Yotaru Vegeta, Sparkly Unicorn, Alchemist 007, Heavy Metal Leo, Manly Mudkip, Shake a Spear, James the Reviewer, Karma Assassin, Burning Wolf, Icy Rose, Ayame Tan, Astrophysics, and Kuroto Mind. Holy cow. All right. Yeah, lots of them. It was pretty easy. I made it easier, you guys. That, that's much better because there were definitely a few weeks there where no one got the answer right. Um, okay, so this week's winner is James the Reviewer. Yeah. Yay. Good Rock on you. on, yeah. Uh, the current theme is going to be anime drunkards so yeah you love that awesome people people after my own heart so for some reason when i think anime drunkard all i can think is kyle from from the original lunar game because he's drunk that entire game the okay. the, the whole thing <laughs> sure like the the first time you see that character he's drunk and they've locked him in a jail cell because he's so belligerent that's awesome it's <laughs> he's drunk the first thing that comes to my mind when i think of anime drunkards and i don't even know if i'd really classify him as a drunkard but he, he kind of is is um uh, Roroni Kenshin's uh, teacher. Oh yeah, he's always drinking he's, that sake. Yeah, he always has the little uh, bottle with him. Yeah, but his body's so like hardcore and pure or whatever that, that I don't even think alcohol phases him. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, so in addition to our weekly trivia on the website, we've got our in-show weekly trivia question, which we'll answer at the very end of the show. Uh, so if you know it, good on you. Uh, the question is, uh, let's see, in the anime major. Goro, the main protagonist, is known by two last names. What are they? Oh my gosh! Ooh, that's a good question. Inter- interesting, right? I've mm-hmm. only I've only watched the first season of Major. Yeah, you should keep watching. I it. know it's it's you know it's a time constraint thing, but it it's is. it's really good. Yeah, you sh- yeah you should yeah it goes yeah. fast. All right, so I it's think time it's- for oh. an almighty anime right. mailbag. <laughs> anime, anime, anime. Mailbag, bag, bag, bag. 
Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so it's time for our almighty anime mailbag. Of course, if you want to submit a mailbag to us, you can do so anytime. Just head on over to aapodcast.com and click on the mailbag button. Mailbag button? Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> it's that easy. Um, so I, I, I have something I want to say real quick. Yes. You have a coochie goose. I don't know what that means. So, so since generally speaking, I think everybody who listens to this podcast is interested in Japan. Right. A coochie goose is literally it means a thing that you say a lot like if you have just like a like a like a thing you say i hate those yep and you have one oh no what is it it's oh yeah oh yeah yeah. no yes it is (laughs) why so uh so coochie coochie the the coochie portion of the word coming from the kanji meaning mouth so yeah Oh, that's or door sucks. or whatever. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to consciously avoid saying that. It's like basically part of the mailbag drop now because after the mailbag ends and if you're leading, and I go, oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Cause, that's because I love that drop like, so much. I feel like you need to make a drop of Cosmo of saying, going, oh, oh yeah. So, that should be that should be a ringtone. Can you think about that as a ringtone? Like when somebody calls you and like Cosmo is just on your phone and it goes, oh yeah. That's how you know that person's your friend. When you look at the phone and your phone <laughs> goes, oh yeah, and you're like. Oh yeah! Or maybe what something more. Maybe I'll make that or into a, mil- a ringtone for our Patreon. That, so, and because these mailbags are so awesome, I'm going to attempt to open oh, this. Oh no! I'm going to open this this Namune soda it. with one hand. Don't do it near the laptops. So a lot of people, a lot of people have <laughs> to like. Did you have an issue with, yes. with liquid in here? <laughs> Not again! <laughs> so I'm going to pop this open. Oh yeah! Oh, that was flawless. Wow! Most people are like, I have to stand on this to open these, but I'm so mooky mooky that I can just. <laughs> <laughs> I can just pop this with one hand, and I Mitsugi, and oh, Mitsugi and, is so bashful. And, I am such a badass. Listen, I lived in I, I, listen. I lived in Japan. I taught elementary school kids. I can open. I just proved you. I can open a ramune soda with one hand, and I did not spill a drop. That was that can was. Can I just make a con? Can I just make a note of that? Thank you. You know what? And you know, you know what I have to this. say to that? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> can you hear the marble for those of you at home? <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so our first mailbag comes from the Creepster. Uh, who wants to read that one? I'll read it because I'm so jacked up and good to so go. So mookie mookie. So the Creepster writes, "Hey, I just finished Nana and I loved it. I have I have to be lagging it, but I regret waiting this long to watch it. My question is this: Have you read the manga for it? I asked because I enjoyed how the anime ended, so I decided to read the manga, and I teared up a bit at the ending of the manga." I haven't read the manga of Nana. Chiaki? I've read I've read some of it after I watched the series and I loved the series so much that I went to reading the manga, but I honestly can't remember how far I've got. It's it's been a while since I watched the series or attempted reading the manga. Do me a favor, ask me if I've read the manga of Nana. Have you read the manga of Nana Kazuo? Nah. Nah. No. Would anybody like to know where I first saw a Ramune soda in anime? Where? Where? It's an interesting. It's interesting, right? Uh, I first saw a ramune soda in anime during like the sixth or fifth episode of the anime Razafon. Razafon. Yeah. Cool. After he gets to like the town after the big like attack in Tokyo, there's a chick who's totally nasty to him, and she's drinking a ramune soda, and thinks thinks that she's really cool. But you know, yeah. Okay. Carry on. All right. Awesome. All right. Okay, so very good. Our next uh, next mailbag. So I guess none of us have read the manga. All right. Well, sorry about that. Yeah, we're, uh, we're not. Bi- we're not big on the. I mean, we sometimes we read a manga, but this is an anime podcast. We just don't, don't just don't have time to do a lot of both. No, definitely yeah. not. I, I was so distracted by Neil's tail. It's showing up on. It was showing up on camera for a minute there. Yes, so, cat tail. Cat tail. I can't. I can't. 
I can't not look. All right, next mailbag comes from Yotaru Vegeta. Um, I guess, uh, Chuck, you want to read that one? Sure. Yotaru Vegeta writes, Fatal food porn four-way. Literally. Wow. Whoa. Fatal food porn four-way. Nice. Yep. That, I feel like that should be a crossover movie. Um, gourmet Girl Graffiti versus Waka Kozake versus Food Wars Shokugeki no Shoma versus My Love Story. Who comes out victorious? It's got to be My Love Story. But they don't even there's they don't even do food in, in that anime. Like oh, she cooks cookies and she bakes right. cookies and stuff. But there's I don't get it. But honestly, I don't see how anybody could possibly beat Takeo in a fight. He's a giant. He he catches a steel girder that falls out of a crane. I gotta disagree. I gotta go with the Shokugeki no Shoma because everyone falls to their knees before a good plate of curry. You out your mind. Well, considering I've only seen two of these shows <laughs> and I failed one of them, I'm gonna have to go with my love story as well. What? Yeah, even you guys though crazy. Even it though, makes sense. Even though uh, Shokugeki no Soma is definitely uh, ha- has more to do with food. I don't know about the other two shows. I haven't seen them though. Sorry. Well, I can definitely say my love story is not about food. No, but there's food in it. It's about being really cute all the time, which is for okay. no discernible reason other than because they feel like it. Next mailbag. All right. Our next mailbag comes from Super Saiyan Shinigami. Have fun reading this one. All right. Let's see. Uh, Hello, AAA overlords. Thanks for inventing time travel. That that hasn't happened yet? Sorry. Spoilers. Anyway, I built a giant Vegeta using only peanut butter M&Ms, and I still haven't caught a Chiaki. What gives? Sincerely, Anime Slave. Oh, I like this one. This quote. I'll solve equations with my right hand and take a potato chip with my left and eat it. Crunch. <laughs> oh, that's Kira from Death Note. Yeah. yeah, there's, there was, the question was, why hasn't he caught you? That was the mailbag. And so I have to ask, have you given it a witty, badass, and somewhat snarky bad boy personality to it? And or black hair? All right. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, thanks for writing in. It's like, do, <laughs> does your Vegeta happen to look like Tony Stark? Oh, it does? Well, you can mm. keep, just keep trying. I to- think you'll get that Chiaki. <laughs> Tony Stark, Tom Hiddleston, Loki, Tom Hiddleston. You know, you got a couple options here. <laughs> All right. Next mailbag. <laughs> All right. So Kimba Lionheart writes, if the Moe Archangel had to pick a My Little Pony to ride into battle against the Church of Mitsugi, which one would she pick, and what anime weapon would she use to fight? P.S. Chiaki, do not choose a god power. I feel so special. This is two mailbags in a row for me. I love you guys. Oh, Um, (laughs) jeez. Okay, the pony that I would pick would be Princess Celesta because she looks cool, she's strong, and she can command the loyalty of all the ponies because she's the princess. And she has wings, so she can fly. Um... Though I do have to say, most people in my Moe Archangel army ride cats. Does she have mm. a big rack? And not. She's a pony. Can ponies have boobs? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know. Ponies don't have wings, so that's it, she could. How do how do female horses feed feed their babies? Do they have like udders? Like <laughs> I, I, I all just, mammals have all yeah. mammals have nipples. I, I can you say, milk sure. them? You, I, you can milk a horse. Are you I saying think. you can milk me? <laughs> good job. You got the quote. Oh, that was good. I have nipples, Cosmo. Can you milk, can you milk me? <laughs> I think our viewers would uh, have that as a Patreon milestone to see you guys try to milk each other. 
Wow. <laughs> we would instantly hit that milestone. <laughs> okay. And then I would feel really terrible about myself, and I feel like a whore. <laughs> All right. Oh, just another day at the AAA wow. podcast. So the other part of the question, what would my um, weapon be? What anime weapon? So I guess my previous answer of Sailor Pluto's staff that can control time and space doesn't work. I guess it's a god power. Fine, whatever. I guess if I'm going to have to pick, I'll go with, uh, uh, I'm going to say it wrong. Bardiche? Bar- Bardish. Bardish, which is fate's weapon or device, depending on what you want to call it, from Nanaha. I think it's cool that it's sentient and could give me help, and it's a really powerful weapon, and she looks awesome when she uses it. Doesn't she have a giant scythe? Yeah, but a it goes bardish? like... Yeah. Okay. But but the weapon goes through like a lot of iterations and upgrades, and I think that's cool too, so that way like I could have a weapon that changes to fit my needs, it or used that to, I could change. It used to be cool until uh, Nanoha Vivid came out, and then they literally ruined all of fate in one single scene and by the way she definitely uses a scythe i don't know what in the world no that's that's the name oh it's actually called bardish yeah i think that's the actual name of the weapon i think it used to be a scythe with a green blade that's that came out of it but i think maybe that's only when she transforms her weapon into a like bloodborne style into a scythe forget it It, okay it has a lot of forms is what i'm saying so it's cool it's cool all right next mailbag comes from go to rakuen whose turn is it here Dear, dear AAA hosts. Oh. oh, it's Chiaki's turn. No, I was going to say I think it's Kazuo's. Oh, it's mine. Oh, okay. He hasn't read one yet. I don't think so. No, I read the one. Oh, really? Whatever. I'll read this one. Doesn't Whatever. Matter. Do it. <laughs> dear AAA hosts, uh, first off, I would like to confirm that I am indeed a real person. You can imagine my dismay when, upon listening to my favorite podcast, I was accused of being a spam bot. Such cruel, heartless words from my favorite podcasters. Anyways, I'm wondering if you guys will ever review the original Evangelion anime and possibly end of Evangelion film. These anime challenged many negative attitudes and feelings I had towards myself, and they helped me get past a really rough time in my life. I'm curious of your opinions, whether positive or negative. Thanks for the amazing podcast. I anxiously await the new episodes each week. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't sound like a real person to me. Uh, I think he's a spam bot. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Spam Spam bots usually immediately drop links to like random pharmaceutical websites and stuff so or detailed questions with explanations yeah. about how they affected yeah. their life yeah, yeah. spam bot for sure um <laughs> we did review evangelion 1.0 i know that's not what you're asking for but we reviewed that and i it's possible that we go back and do the old one but at this point i don't really know when that would happen i kind of want to because i haven't watched the original evangelion since it was airing back on adult swim and i think i watched 90% of the show then back in the day but it's been a long time and I really didn't sit down and watch it it was just kind of the well I'm up at 1am again I guess I'm watching this <laughs> um, yeah so I started uh, re-watching it recently um, and I got I'm about halfway through right now I just haven't had the time to go and finish it but um, it definitely uh, it, it's it's my my memories of it differ from what it actually is you know like when I go and I watch it now I'm like wow this is so weird I remember it Looking Did you have so nostalgia different. glasses? Did you take probably. them off? Probably. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably what it was. It was yeah. just nostalgia, but not I mean good, not as good as you remember. I mean, it's still good. Um and I and again, I'm only like halfway through right now, but it's just I like how it looks rough. <laughs> you know you, you know what would happen if we were if we reviewed Evangelion and watched it again? What's that? There'd be a whole lot of bitching about all the fan service scenes and all and what a whiny little SOB Shinji is. Yeah. I mean, it would not be some glowing huge remarkable 
review. And plus, the direct the creator said that all the all the symbolism is a bunch of baloney. So <laughs> I mean, awesome. it kind of takes away from it, honestly. I, I, I love the fact that that exists out of the world where the creator was like, "Yeah, a lot of people look for deeper meaning in the Christian symbolism. We just used it because it we thought it looked cool." That's awesome. I love That's, that. That is literally what he said. He's like, "No, there's not any like we just." Thought it looked cool. What makes that so great though is because so many people were like, No, dude, you don't understand the symbolism. It's so it's deep. It's all about purgatory and, he's like, and nah man, not at all. Actually. <laughs> he's like he's like, No, it was just different. You know what is about purgatory? Hi Bonnet Renme. That is a good show. And you know what's delicious? This ramen soda. <laughs> okay. Okay, moving you know on. I'm drinking water from a frozen cup. As you enjoy oh, that ramen, uh, uh ramen or uh, Ramune, would you like to uh read Justin's mailbag? I would. Justin writes, after listening to episode 262 back in February, I was inspired to apply for a teaching job in Japan. A few weeks ago, I accepted a position for the 2016 school year. Yay. See? Oh, yeah. What did I say? You apply for some jobs and you'll get one. It's really easy. Oh, um, what do you recommend I do to prepare for the big move and the new job? Anything you wish you had brought with you? Also, I'm a bigger guy I, at 6'2", 215. Will I be able to find clothes in my size, or do I need to plan on bringing my entire wardrobe with me? I uh, have also been watching the 2014 live-action GTO <laughs> to learn more about school life in Japan. Perfect. I've been my 40s, and she's just 16. Any other shows you'd recommend oh, that you Yuriko. feel are accurate reflections? Well, first of all, congratulations. Oh, dear sweet sunset. No, not, huh? Oh, Eureka. <laughs> right here, now, sensei. People that have not seen GTO have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> That's awesome. They don't. They should go watch it, though, honestly. So you never said what level of school you're teaching, so that kind of makes my response difficult to provide. Um, it would probably be, be different depending on what you were, like what like what level of kids you were teaching. Um, prepare to eat bad Kyushoku food. If you're in a public school, you might be eating some pretty strange things like uh, fish that they just fry and don't even bother like deheading or descaling or deboning. You just eat the whole thing. Oh boy! Like, or um, or like the sat, or you'll get a salad with like tiny little dead fish all over it. They love that shit. It's it's like called wakame, I think, or whatever. I can't remember the name of it, but I would just give it to my I would give it to my little kids every time because I could not eat that, and they loved me for it. They would just chomp that stuff down like it was Skittles. Um, if you're rural. Or in a multi-school, like if you're going to different schools, you might need a car. So you probably want to get a one-year temporary international license from AAA. And then figure out what that means for you long-term if you're going to stay more yeah. than that year. Because yeah. I won't go into it, but the driving test in Japan sucks balls. Yeah, it's pretty hard. It's awful. It's tough. Um, you Everyone fails it at least once. You at will, least. You will fail it, so just don't even expect that you'll pass it on your first try because you'll just be disappointed. Not unless you bring your Japanese wife and half Japanese children. Yeah, right, exactly. I've heard that's and, the way and, to and do have, it. And have them cry. Isn't it that they, yeah. they just fail you out of principle? They do. Basically, yeah. 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 Um, toiletries are the hardest thing to find, honestly. Quality toothpaste, toothbrushes, mouthwash, floss, deodorant. that All that stuff in Japan sucks. So unless you, got it, unless you were like one of the five areas that has a Costco... In the I was, whole country, I was going to say screwed. that for clothes. Like, if you're, hopefully, you live somewhere that's within a stone's throw of a Costco, or you can take a train or a car or something to a Costco. Usually, it's a car. They're usually not close to train stations because they have to. They're so big that they need so much land that they're not usually that close to train stations. But make a friend with a car or a Japanese friend and go and make it like a day trip because. You're going to be able to find clothes that fit you at Costco, underwear, Weston deodorant with antiperspirant in yep. it. You're going to find you're going to 
going to get a real slice of pizza, which let me tell you starts to taste really good after the first six months. Costco pizza? Costco. Yeah. Like here in the States, I would be like, mmm, Costco pizza. But like in Japan, I was like, yeah. Like, I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> Give it to me now. Um, so I, I honestly, if I had to, if if I was moving back to Japan for long term, I would probably assess where I lived based off of how easily I could get to a Costco. Um, you have a hard time finding clothes. In summary, yeah. So, I, I mean, just prepare for that. It's six two two fifteen is. Yeah. Just is is miles away from the normal size of a Japanese male. The yeah. average um, Japanese male height in, is uh, five seven. So yeah, yeah you're be way above average. You can you can order stuff online though. Um, yeah, you can. Yeah, I I actually um, follow a few uh, people that live and work in Japan on YouTube. Like they have like uh, you know videos that they put up all the time. Uh, one of my favorite ones that I will recommend to you because he has tons of videos and he does uh japanese frequently asked questions he actually lives in japan now has a wife and two kids or something like that and he's been there for like seven years yeah um his youtube channel is unrested so check him out and he has just a ton of videos you can go through for any questions you may have and uh that's a good source of information also i would say oh also the good news is that japanese kids are going to love you you're going to be so much bigger than everybody else that they're going to worship you like a god they'll probably build a shrine out of wood for you back by the (laughs) soccer field that's awesome. Yeah. So also, I don't think I'd call GTO an accurate an accurate reflection of Japanese uh, school life in Japan. What? If you were to watch GTO, you would get an unreasonable expectation of what uh, you would get a reasonable expectation of what the structure of the school looks like. And by that, I mean the hallways, the classrooms, the teachers' room, the gym. I was not surprised by anything inside of how the schools looked from my from what I saw in anime. That is re- that is like the architecture that is realistic. But GTO paints this really dark, troubled atmosphere of Japanese schools and they do a pretty good job of controlling that in the schools in Japan so you're not going to run into like crowds of kids beating up each other and and stuff like that. I think from what I've heard too like a lot of the schools that you see in anime um, one of the ways that they differ from how they are in real life and you can obviously say whether or not this is true but I feel like from what I've heard a lot of the schools are they use a lot of older equipment and everything and it's kind of just uh, hasn't been updated in a very long while, so there's not a lot of like modern technology or anything like that. It is. It's super old, and they and they do, it and that's intentional. They want to they want to like res- they want to maintain like the uh, the rustic cultural a- aspect of Japan through school life. Mm-hmm. So like they'll give you they'll be like okay go sweep the dry, the the parking lot, and they'll give you a broom. Well, you expect a real broom, but no, it's it looks like something that they went and gathered sticks from outside and then bound it together. Oh god. Not very like effective. Like a witch's broom. Yes, just like that. Not very but 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 not quite as thick. Yeah. So like really sparse and and ineffective. Mm. So you you are correct about that. Um you asked for other anime that paint school life p- pictures accurately. <sighs> Honestly, anime doesn't really do that because they want it to be interesting and there's literally there's not very many interesting things about Japanese school life. Uh, maybe an anime like Azumanga might give you a hint of what school life is like just because there's not a huge fantasy element to it. But I think you're better off just looking up YouTube videos or something of Japanese schools. I mean, really. Yeah, there are tons. Like, there was a period of time where I was super interested in, like, moving to Japan and teaching there. And there are just, I mean, you can just go to YouTube, search, uh, you know, um, there's a lot of stuff for, like, the JET program you can find, but there's just look up. Uh, English teacher Japan and you'll find just tons of different people that have 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 uh, video blogs that they'll put up like every few days or whatever so and you can always email us bah. yeah just email us I'll, I'm, I'm pretty 
I'm pretty responsive. Some guy emailed me asking about how to start up a podcast, like all the stuff we use and everything. I sent I, I spent I, I sent him like a 300 word reply on our forum. So I will answer your email. You're a better man than me. So um, <laughs> all right, next question, uh, Chiaki. I believe this one's for you. It's uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you have more to add to that though? Um, no. Okay. Uh, next question is from Alien Anal Probe. <laughs> Chiaki, <laughs> that's all you. <laughs> How did you know, Kazuo? <laughs> Just what I'm into. Um, <clears throat> alien anal, a, a, that is a tongue twister. Alien anal well, probe. <laughs> it can be. It says alien anal probe anonymous. Just so you know, there's another word there. Alien anal probe anonymous. Yeah, that's right. Their <laughs> Good day, mates. I'm sending my Moe love. Well, no, I'm not even trying that. Oh, G'day, mates. I'm sending my Moe love to the podcast all the way from Australia. I would, I would like to know if the Japanese people are interested in finding alien life, or perhaps they are planning on doing any space exploration, such as going to planet Mars sometime in the future. Could you also name any anime that focus on space exploration? You guys are great. Well, what do you have, Chiaki? What do I have? Any ideas? Space Brothers. Space Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Space Brothers is, like, perfect for, um, you know, what he's looking for. I'm, I mean, uh, he or she. I, well, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. But, yeah, Space Brothers is actually about two brothers who join JAXA and, you know, try to get to the moon. I don't know how, how big their space program is now, though. I know they have one, obviously, but. Yeah, JAXA's there. I mean, I visited JAXA. It's pretty cool. I, I think it's active. I don't think I don't know that they're launching a lot of stuff. But it's definitely active. There, there are some other shows that are sort of about what you're asking for. I mean, Space Brothers is probably the the most realistic in terms of, you know, the process of becoming an astronaut. And they have some amazing scenes actually on the moon in that anime. That it's such a, a unique thing for anime, like literal realistic, realistic scenes on the moon. It's right. got to be the only anime that exists that does that. Everything else is like oh mechs fighting, but no, this is. Like astronauts in a moon buggy, right? You know, type of stuff. Um, there's an anime called Mujin. I got a whole bunch of these. There's an anime called Mujin Wakusei Survive. I remember that one. That is about a group of kids that get stranded on an alien planet and have to figure out how to survive. Not very realistic, though. <laughs> it's not. I mean, they would have been killed pretty quickly, probably. But they, it's it's a little. It's sort of interesting how they manage to catch fish and all the other crap that they do. Yeah, it's they, clearly a They build anime. a fort out of like just loose materials and rubber yeah. bands that they found. I'm like, how the hell? Yeah. <laughs> it's I, I like that show. It's it got a little bit ridiculous at the end, like but you could tell it's a kid's show and they just didn't want to have they didn't want to kill anybody really. Right. Uh Planet Test is about garbage collecting in space, but there's also a lot of goofy, you know, well we're in space, it's so much fun. But, but Planet Test is amazing. Uh, Crest slash banner of the stars is about war in space, ba basically there are aliens in there, as Chucky points out, but um, yeah, not really about ex space exploration. But how about Space Dandy? Doesn't he go to some planets? And I mean, he, yeah, for sure he goes to some planets. It's yeah, it's about finding aliens. It's it's basically a lot like um, Captain Kirk finds new interesting alien <laughs> creatures <laughs> and bangs them. Roll or tries to. Yeah, or tries to. <laughs> um, also, don't, let's let us not forget about terraformers. Oh God, Terraform Mars, I believe. Terraform Mars. They literally they do go to Mars for an exploration. It's just that they end up getting killed by giant insect monsters or something. I hate when that happens. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, that is that's the short list. If you go on Google and Google space exploration anime, you're gonna get the same ones we just listed and like a whole bunch more. 
But, you know, most of them are Gundam shows or Legend of the Galactic Heroes and not really too many shows about, like, sending a probe to Venus for an exploration mission or whatever. An alien anal probe? Yes, exactly. Chiaki on the couch! It's Chiaki on the couch time, and I actually thought about what I was going to talk about sooner than like three minutes before I was going to talk about it. So you guys are in for a treat today. Well, I'll leave you to decide if it actually is a treat or not once you hear what I'm talking about. So the first thing I want to talk about is actually some interesting anime news. And I thought it was really worthwhile because it brings up a whole interesting discussion about how anime is treated when it is localized and brought somewhere else overseas. I think most people are familiar with stuff like this. We've talked about the neon blue Mr. Popo before, as well as talking about like Onigiri becoming donuts or whatever when Pokemon comes over to America and the kitties don't know what Onigiri is here. And those are little things. But something that's really interesting is Detective Conan. um, I think it's something like uh, the uh, Sunflower of Inferno was released in Japan earlier this year, and they just released it in South Korea. And when they released it in South Korea, they completely removed Japan from the movie. And, like, I know that, like, you're sitting there going, what? But seriously, everything was different. All the newspapers and printed Japanese was changed to Hangul, which is Korean. All of the... there was There's a scene with money flying everywhere, and they changed it from yen to the Korean... uh, What is it? Won? I think. Um, And uh, it was completely changed. They changed the entire setting of the movie to bring it into Korea. And people, the people behind it said that they did that because they thought that was what had to be done to make it successful in Korea. But I think it's kind of cool because we've talked about it before and we've had questions about the relationship between Japan and Korea. And I think that's almost a little telling when a studio feels the need to completely change everything about a movie and about its setting and whatnot to make it successful in the other country. So I thought that was interesting and something that you can look up and worth sharing. The other thing that I am going to bring up has to do with writing, because as you guys know, I am an author. I do that thing. It is National Novel Writing Month. That is the month of November, and the challenge is to write a novel, an entire novel, in one month. And NaNoWriMo is the shortened version of it. And you can look it up online and you can register through the official website. And their goal is, I want to say it's 50,000 words. I think an average novel length is closer to like 75, 80,000. And if anyone is planning on doing this, totally like tweet me or ask me for any help that you might need because I am all about supporting people in doing this. And I'm trying to get book four of my books, my book series, Air Awakens, edited over November for NaNoWriMo. So I am doing it and it is a lot of fun and something that's super cool and maybe people don't know about because it's worth checking out. And... I guess I'll just mention this since I'm on the topic. My second book comes out on November 19th. So 18 days after the recording of this. So I thought I would just, I don't know, let you guys know. Um, And then the last thing I want to talk about is printed LEDs. I know that sounds really random, but it's a piece of technology that I had an opportunity to play with. And it's so cool. Like imagine a ribbon that lights up and it's like bright. 
It's really bright. It's super cool technology. You can Google it. It's been around for a while, but the cool thing about this technology is that it's been around for a while on a conceptual basis, but it hasn't been anything that has been able to be mass produced in a cost-effective manner that could be used for things. And so it's starting to hit that tipping point where it is cost-effective to use it. And so you might start seeing it in more things and it's really cool. So check it out. And that was Chiaki on the couch. All right, and uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick news break. And when we come back, uh, our main topic, 21 anime that failed to make money. See you soon. you anime addicts, this is Chiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, Pazzy Entertainment and living Japanese national treasure, Ichibe Iwano, are back with a second collaboration of traditional ukiyo-e prints with art from Ghost in the Shell. This time, it's inspired by the newest film. The 24-hour Cherry Blossom Stakeout is available for pre-orders at the Otaku Works shop. It's based on a scene from this year's Ghost in the Shell, the new movie, and it was drawn by chief director Kazuchika Kise. It's carved and printed using traditional ukiyo-e woodblocking techniques by Kazuo Watanabe and Hideo Yoshinda, both craftsmen of the art. Now this is not your average anime cell to put on your wall. A print costs $370 plus shipping and measures 230 millimeters wide by 340 millimeters high, or about 9 by 13.3. There'll be a limited run of 300 prints. In some interesting anime Japan-related news that you might not have even realized was happening, the Japanese film and distribution company Toho filed a lawsuit against the American film production company Voltage Pictures as part of Anne Hathaway's monster movie. Yes, there is an upcoming monster film called Colossal, and Anne Hathaway is behind it. Now, it looks like the lawsuit has been resolved through a private settlement. We can't find out the terms of the settlement, but a statement was released saying, it is hereby stipulated and agreed by and between the parties to this action through the respective council of record that this action can be dismissed with prejudice, with each party bearing their own respective fees and costs. The parties are entering into this stipulation because the matter has been settled. Now who knows what exactly the settlement is, but the news website Deadline has reported that Voltage Pictures and the film's writer and director agree that the film will not be featuring the monster Godzilla or any other obvious derivative. In other news, for those of you who are fans of the anime Yowamushi Petal, Australian anime distributor Madman Entertainment has begun streaming the extended theatrical trailer for Geki Jouban Yowamushi Petal or Yowamushi Petal the Movie. It's a brand new anime film based off of the cycling manga of the same name. There are English subtitles on this new trailer and you can find it on YouTube. The company will be releasing the film in Australian and New Zealand theaters on December 5th and 6th after the film has opened in Japan on August 28th. Finally, why have just one Saber Bride figure when you can have two for twice the price? 
Apparently, the Good Smile Company agrees with you because they're creating another Saber Bride figure set to ship in June. It does have some notable differences compared to the earlier figure, and the 1 7th scale figure will be costing 14,630 yen or just over 120 US dollars. This is Shiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. Mitsugi, what's with all this packaging everywhere? Chiaki, I just made the most important discovery of the new year. No way. A cure to soggy sandwich bread? Um, no. JList.com has Gachapon. What? You're kidding. Nope. It's all the excitement of Gachapon delivered right to your door. This is crazy and like a totally awesome I needed to order two days ago kind of way. Look, they have complete sets where you can get every figure released or you can just buy one like this Kodama plush keychain. Uh-oh. Have you shown Kazuo the cat smartphone stands yet? I was just about to. I think he needs it in addition to his Japanese cat calendar. Just like I need that Sailor Moon compact set. Get to ordering then, and remember to check back often. JList.com is always changing their inventory, so you never know if your favorite anime will be up next. Oh, I will. I have JList.com bookmarked at home and JBox.com bookmarked at work. So no matter what I'm getting up to or where I am, I'm getting anime goods. Story time with Cram. And yes, we are now presently in Cram's house. Right. So We are in the, uh, the murder room. Actually. Yes, yeah. this oh, yeah. is the murder room. Oh, it's, would you like to tell? You have to tell the story now. Uh, I've told it on the podcast before, but I guess it was back in 2006, December of 2006. Uh, someone was murdered in this house. The people that were living here, um, the son was taking care of his mother, and she was very ill, as I understand it. And I guess he wanted to put her out of her misery, so he took a pillow and uh, asphyxiated her. Right here. Right here. Right where we're same doing tatami? this. Right here. Yeah, same tatami. Well, no, they changed the tatami. Oh, they changed the tatami. So, we are, so you mean to tell me that we're actually broadcasting right now in the exact maybe square meter where a person was smothered to death? Yeah. Wow. We're also underneath my bedroom uh, where a man died of an illness. <laughs> wow. The father. Nobody will ever want to spend the night at Cram's house. Back to the podcast. And we are back to the 298th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. It's hard to come back from that commercial because I want to be high energy, but that's such a low energy thing. I'm like, I just want to be like, yeah. I'm high energy. We're back. I'm all jacked up on ramen soda and crack. (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) Anime crack, that is. (laughs) All right. Speaking of anime crack... Uh, I got nothing, but we're going to move on to uh, our second part of the show here. Uh, Before we get into our main topic, which is the top 21 anime that failed to make money, uh, we've got a couple things we want to go through. First is our five-star review submitted by FordGT0589. Oh, oh, can I read it? It's it's a lengthy one. This is tough. So get comfortable and go ahead. FordGT0589 writes, it's great. All right. And and moving on. That's it. I also opened up a Japanese drink over the news break. Oh shit, she did. I, where did that come from? I got I got it from the Japanese market. It's one of my favorite. Did that teas. come out of your anime anal probe? <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> no. It was an alien anal probe. Whatever. Actually. So this was one of my is one of my favorite drinks in Japan, and it's jasmine green tea, unsweetened, and it is refreshing and aromatic. 
relax and unwind, according to the label. And whenever I drink it, I get a really weird head rush. So part of me thinks I'm allergic to it. That's certainly like, possible. I don't think that <laughs> unsweetened just, tea is supposed to give you a head rush. But it's really good. This tea makes me high. <laughs> I love this tea. All right. Well, uh, moving along, <laughs> we also want to welcome our new forum members. We got a couple people that joined the forum uh, this week. That is level 69 RK9. Yeah, Pokemon. Also 69. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> no. um, and also Caboose demands bacon. And I think both of these people are in the chat right now. Really? Which, the chat is a fat 50 viewers. Welcome, fat. you are all beautiful. But you're but you're not fat. Not fat as in no. fat. Unless, unless you want to be. Unless you want to be. I mean, that's cool. P-H-A-T. Yeah, whatever. I meant, that it's, I meant that it's a full room of pretty, viewers. Is that? Oh, my God. Is that what fat means? P-H-A-T, pretty hot and tempting? Yeah. Oh, my God. I never knew that. Well, now you know. <gasps> the more you know. Doo, so, so Kazo, I, I have a story from work that I'll make you cry. Okay. Tears of sadness. Oh, boy. So this girl had a picture of Squirtle, of Squirtle Squad on her wall. Right. And I found out that they're gonna that they're gonna name one of the teams at work Squirtle Squad. Sweet. Which is so awesome. unlike my office because you know whatever. But they, uh, I asked her. I said, "Do you know?" I was like, "Do you like Squirtle?" And she didn't really know what I was talking about. And then and then I said, "I was like, you don't even know what Pokemon is, do you?" And she she said, "Oh yeah, I know Pikachu. Uh, P- Wait, how what? Pikachu Pikachu has a shell, right?" And I face oh. I was like, "You're a poser. You don't oh. really, you don't really know Pokemon." How did she even know about Squirtle Squad? I don't. It doesn't make any sense. Because one of the other knowledgeable people suggested it as a name, and somehow that managed to, to make it to the real team name. And she was just along for the ride, and you know. So I thought you'd cry about that. Wow, that hurts my soul. I gave her some trouble for it, though. I, I grieved her a little bit. Did you make it double? I did. And then I blasted off back to, back to my <laughs> pod, back to my pod with the other data people. <laughs> All I right, blasted off again. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> that's that's a very interesting story. Um, okay, moving along, our main topic. Yep. The top twenty-one anime that failed to make money. So are these like the top uh, failures <laughs> as far as like monetarily? Is that okay. what this is? <clears throat> so here, so the article comes from Go from Go Boyano website a news website it says here are some quick things to keep in mind about this okay sales numbers are for japan only okay sales numbers are taken from the website animates animates uh ski um some anime ski anime anime ski which is which was which is a torrent site Oh, okay some volumes failed to chart so the final numbers may be 100 or 200 less than the actual sale amount um madhouse is on this list eight times (laughs) <laughs> and it says confirming that they are allergic to money. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. Um, and being a top flop doesn't mean it's a bad show. It just means it failed to make money. And this article is on came out on October nineteenth. So this is really recent of this year. Yeah, and some of the shows on this list are good shows. I mean, so and and meow from the chat says go Boyano is a weird place. Well, I didn't actually scan through the website very much. I just kind of found this article and was like, great. We're going to do that. That I've, sounds interesting. I've never heard of this website, but I'll check it out later. <laughs> so what I noticed about this list is that we've reviewed quite a lot of these, and a lot of these are really good shows. Yeah, for sure. So maybe we should just try to f- – maybe the angle is we just try to figure out what happened. Wait, wait. I did some numbers. Uh-oh. 
Oh, okay. oh God. Chiaki's doing numbers. Should I run? Yes. <laughs> Get down. Well, you already said one of them, but 38% of the listed anime were made by Madhouse. So Madhouse? <laughs> Apparently they are a house full of mad people because they still make shows that don't do well. Um, and the only other anime studio that appeared more than once on the list was A1 Pictures. So it was basically like Madhouse... And Madhouse is on. How many else. times is Madhouse on here? Did eight. We, eight times. Eight times. Eight out of the top twenty-one. It's thirty-eight percent. How are they 21. still in business? It's actually impressive. And then thirty, fifty-two uh, percent of the anime had more than twenty episodes. And I thought this was interesting because I tried to see if, like, the majority had less than 20 episodes or something like that or more than 20 episodes thinking okay a longer series costs more to produce and more investment from viewers and maybe they don't see returns on it but it's like 50 50 between animes that are like the 11 12 and shorter range and the animes that are 20 episodes and up um wow and just as a side note with anything we say just to preface all of this correlation does not equal causation with anything we say of Man, some of these Hold on. Sh- some of these I've shows- heard that phrase before, but I'm not quite sure what it means. Correlation. Correlation. Does not equal causation. So that's basically like saying, um let me see. Uh fifteen fifteen percent of people who like Jasmine Green Tea also like Zed. Just because because they like Jasmine there's a correlation maybe between liking green tea and liking the artist Zed. Right. But that doesn't imply causation. So because you like green tea doesn't mean that you will mm, therefore mm. like Zed. Right, I so see what you mean. Why don't we get so. started with this? Oh, I'm not done. Oh, you're not done? Okay. It's on the outline. And then I also I also took out the outliers. There were two outliers in the list. And pulling them out, the average number of copies sold was 3,120. Yeah, it's really pathetic. I mean, really? That's think about how few of an amount three thousand one hundred sales is. That is like nothing. Yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, when you think about it, it's like if all of our listeners bought something, we would get, you know, way more than that. I mean, like three or four times that or something. Wow, I have seen a lot of these, a lot of them. Well, and too, it's important to consider. So, someone, um, one of the ones that maybe we should start with is uh, Tamako Market. And Tamako Market was released in 2013 by Kyo Annie, 12 episodes, and it sold over 21,600 copies. And so that was the high outlier. So my average, I pulled that one out so that way it wouldn't skew the average. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to point this one out right away because it's simple to say, oh, it can sell a ton of copies, but it might still not be profitable because again, it's that ratio of cost to make versus what you get in for sure. So yeah, like I know, especially with video games, this is a big issue. Um, if I remember correctly, it was a uh, tomb Raider. I think the most recent tomb Raider perhaps that, uh, you know, it sold fantastic. However, it, it costs so much to make and their, the amount that they were looking to make was so great that it didn't quite meet their expectations. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the Go, Boy- Go Boyano website right now, and I'm seeing that under Tomico Market, they put that it's here because it's the lowest selling series in KyoAni's catalog. Yeah, so. which says which says some good things for KyoAni. I mean, yeah. because this was the high outlier anyway. But, I mean, maybe this, if you think about it, these, an- these anime DVDs cost a fortune in Japan. Mm-hmm. And it may just be that 
they know that the volume is going to be super low, and that is why you see the price is so high, and that is why um, that's why this list is so interesting. Yeah, definitely. I think so. Yeah, so Tamako Market was the first one, and a lot of people really enjoyed that show. I know that I've heard numerous reviews about it, and people really enjoyed it. I know I don't think we covered it on this podcast, but it's another one of those gorgeous-looking KyoAni shows that I really am surprised comes up short, you know, considering how beautiful it is. And I, I always thought Slice of Life shows were really popular, but maybe not. I don't know. But it's just one. It's just one show, so it's kind of hard to base anything off of just one. But let's roll through this list. Okay. Okay. Do you do we want to go in the order that I in chronological order or the order on the? Let's go. Let's go with how you did it on your outline, Chiaki. Yay! <laughs> I put it in chronological order. Okay. Ah, okay. According to sales. No, chronological. Chron- chronological date order. means time. Okay. I knew that one. <laughs> <laughs> so the You're first, right. the, the oldest one is Trigun. And that was back in 1998. And honestly, Trigun, I'm not, I personally am not too surprised about. Because I feel like Trigun's one of those ones that here in the States, it has such a strong cult following and the whole kind of westerny thing resonated really well with american right. markets well also i mean because of um cartoon network basically i mean it yeah. was you know any any of the shows that were big on cartoon network are gonna have a huge western following yeah um but unfortunately i guess not so much in japan and and that's what i think is interesting is i feel like trigun fell into the same era as like the cowboy bebop with like those Absolutely. shows with western flares that got brought over onto adult swim or tsunami and just we're really popular over here in the West among people who are our age and grew up with Adult Swim and Tsunami, but really didn't quite make it as far as resonating with Japanese viewers. Yeah, you know, Trigun is one of those shows that it never really had a big-time manga, never really had any follow-up shows. I mean, we were blown away when the movie came out. Yeah, that was a shocker. Yeah. I was so surprised by that, that movie. And that came out of left field, I felt like. Totally, and... It just, you know, Japan doesn't care about us. If, if Japan cared about our cared about the Western market, there'd be another Trigun anime because we freaking love Trigun. But apparently in Japan, they just totally missed the mark with it culturally. I but mean, I, and, and, and maybe we shelf this for the after party, but I think it would be interesting, and I think we talked about this off air one of the other days, but it'll be interesting to see if and how caring about the Western market changes now that we've started to see, see like... More, in- more integration with like Western producers. Yeah, more integration with Western producers and studios and streaming and whatnot. I don't Anyways. think it, I don't think it changes. Let's let's maybe after party topic. Okay. All right. Sorry. Okay. Let's continue. <laughs> continuing on. Continuing on. All right. Um, the next the I, next anime <laughs> on the list here is Serial Experiments Lane. Came out in two thousand, and amazingly for another for another show that most people in the West have seen. At least, at least I feel like most people, at least my age, have seen have seen Lane. It was a big, it had a big release when it came out. It was one of those shows that a lot of people followed because it came out during that same period of time when anime sort of blew up. But this one only sells five thousand five hundred units, which is which is about half of what the Trigun show did. That's and so crazy. It's like you could sell more mixtapes out of the back of your car. Yeah. In a Home Depot parking lot. Yeah. Then Serial Experiments Lane sold total. Well, you know, maybe it's because they're charging $800 for a DVD. Yeah. Coming out 
out the same year, another very cerebral cerebral show was Boogie Pop Phantom. And that only sold 7,417 copies. And our second Madhouse anime of the list. Um, But I, I... Honestly, I'm not surprised that these two didn't sell well because I feel like Serial Experiments Lane, I know Serial Experiments Lane, but I know it because I feel like that was the anime where when I was growing up, the kids who got into anime, all of a sudden everyone discovered Serial Experiments Lane all at once and it was the, oh, it's so moody and deals with dark themes and and this is what real anime is like and it's, it's not that Cartoon Network shit, it's this and... And this is the cool kid thing and blah, blah, blah. So I I feel like that to me was Serial Experiments Lane. And so I feel like if you grew up in that kind of niche generation, then yeah, you know it. But I feel like no one else cared about it. Same with Boogie Pop Phantom. It's an interesting show, but it's almost like an art piece or a philosophy paper or a rather psychology paper more than an anime. And I'm not surprised that it didn't do do well. Yeah, I mean, the the key here is... It's not. Um, let's see. How can I put this? The the, the key to, to to have success in this market is universal appeal. Yeah. You know, that's the only way you're going to make a ton of money is if you have something that doesn't doesn't uh, uh, um, vary too far from just you know kind of like right down the center. You want to have something that everyone can enjoy and and will want to pick up. Uh, when you get these kind of shows that are you know as you said artsy or. Um, you know, whatever the case may be, it doesn't appeal to everyone. Yeah. And so it may, even if it's a great show, it doesn't, it, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's about getting numbers. It's about getting as many people involved as possible. You know, um, cap avatar in the chat says that he owns zero serial experiments lane, but he thinks that it's overrated. And I completely agree. I mean, I would never recommend as someone who liked sci-fi serial experiments lane. Oh no. It falls into the same category as boogie pop phantom under, under bad delivery. I mean, that is one of this one of these shows where you literally have to read online for three hours about <laughs> it to understand what the hell is happening. And if that's the case, like Boogie Bop Phantom is the most egregious example of that. But but we're gonna run to another one of these shows in just a second. That's done by the same director, same creator. That these shows, well, first of all, they're both sci-fi, and I just went through this list, and a huge number of these are sci-fi. Oh yeah. I mean, literally. Probably, I think, around almost 14 of these 21 shows are science fiction. And, Kazo, what you said is spot on. I mean, if if you got the show show that segments itself off from from a huge portion of the anime market, of course you're not going to have as many sales. I mean, think about it. If if, if you're making an anime that only appeals to 3% of the people, you're only going to have 3% of the sales that another show's got. And that's why so many, like, I mean, honestly, look at a show like Naruto. I mean, like, yeah. it's a good show. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's so just right down the center. It's, yeah. you know, standard shonen kind of, you know, stuff. So that's why it appeals to so many people. Well, and that's why you'll always have a show running like the Naruto, like the Dragon Ball, like the, um, what is it? I can't think of his name. One Piece. Uh, well, One Piece, yes. Bleach. Um, Bleach. Bleach. And I'm thinking of the guy with the Toriko. Um well, you're always going to have a show like that running. It's the safe bet. It's the one that the, that the studios can look at and say, we're almo- we can almost guarantee that this anime is going to bring us in X dollars. Like, it's almost a guarantee. There's a shitload of little kids in the world. Yeah. So, 
And and you know what? I don't want to hate shows on it too much like that because there could be things that we don't see in the background with stuff like Serial Experiments Lane where shows like that get made and they the studio says we have our cash cow going, whatever right. that is. I don't know what that was or if there was one, but I'm just going to like hypothesize for a minute here. We have our cash cow right now. That's going to make us our money. Let's try to break even on this one and maybe make a little bit, which Lane and Boogie Pop Phantom obviously didn't, but mm -hmm. let's try to break even on this one, make a little bit of cash, but then it's not something that we're hoping to have a huge return on. And, and I think studios do have to play that middle ground where – they have they have to make the money, but at the same time, they can't alienate their core viewer. And a lot of times that core viewership is asking for more than than a bleach in an auditorium. It, as much as I hate this because I am not part of the market that this theory supports, as companies with shareholders, which a lot of these studios are private, but they still have shareholders, they shouldn't be making anything that they don't think is going to make money. You, sh you shouldn't adopt the attitude of, oh, this show's a huge hit, so now we can make five shows that, are, that might break even. No. You should be making only shows that you know will make money. I don't... And yeah, that's I how business 100 works. I 100% do not agree with that. Well, I mean, I understand that's how... You're going to invest in something you know is a but, failure? But I would, I would say, Mitsugi, that there's an element... There's a cultural element to this. Yeah. and Well, there's also an artistic element to it as well. I mean, to say that only do what makes money is is... Uh, yes, of course, on a business level, it makes perfect well, sense. That's all I'm saying. But but artistically, it's super hollow, and it's you know, I mean, what kind of world would we live in if people only did things if they made I, money? I started it would be my boring as shit. I it would be like uh, Mirror's my, Edge. I started my statement with, I don't follow in follow it. I'm not in the camp that agrees with this, but well, that's why you have 900 harem shows. Yeah. No, I I because I, that's what they're doing. But that's and and that's what I'm saying though is is I feel like the studios probably do that, but I like to think that we still get shows that are more artistic because the studios approach it and say we're going to uh, we're going to do something artistic every now and then. We're gonna we're yeah. gonna push the envelope a little bit, and maybe it'll be a success, and maybe at at the, maybe at the most we will break even. Well, a lot of like Western, least. a lot of Western uh, film production studios will do th things like this as well, where they'll have their you know, main kind of uh, main, uh, mainstream movies that make a ton of money. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, they'll be like, okay, well, we have, we've made this much money. We have this much left over. We can invest it in these small indie films. Well, yeah. And I was going to say directors do that all the time where you'll see directors or, or actors, gone directors, where they'll do their big film, like their big Marvel film or whatever. Yeah. And then they'll go off and they'll a star in this tiny little indie project oh, yeah, that you've never time. heard of and yeah, you, you probably will never hear of it unless you go to the Sundance Festival or something yeah. and and so so I think there's there's a place for it and I think that's where we see these but but I do agree with you Mitsugi from a business perspective that I feel like the the studios would at least expect to break even on these shows and and clearly they didn't but. So can we just roll uh, Technolize into the same group as Boogie Pop Phantom and Serial, Serial Experiments? Lane? Sure, it came out three years later, but why not? It's also Madhouse. Well, it's got a lot. Of, it's got it's got some of the same staff involved in it, uh, namely Yoshi, Yoshitoshi Abe, and it's another. It's just another one of those very difficult to understand convoluted sci-fi shows. You know, so what it's right in there with the other two. You know, what surprises me that it's on here. I mean, I guess it shouldn't since it's made by Madhouse. I'm so sorry, Madhouse. <laughs> Poor I love Madhouse. You. Well, okay, we got to find out <laughs> what the they're. Writing, the writing is on the wall. I feel like um, X surprises me. That yeah, it's that's on the a, list because it's Clamp. It's a Clamp. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and Clamp usually 
prints money, or at least in this era of like the '90s to 2000s. Yeah, well, I I enjoyed the X anime, but it's another sci-fi show, fantasy show, so maybe that's the answer. You know, you'll notice that none of these shows are harem, etchy, comedy. None of these shows are that. That's 100 percent correct. They're all. Yeah. They're that's all terrifying. Sci- <laughs> yeah, they're all sci. They're all the stuff I love. They're all sci-fi, dark. You know, attempting to be cerebral shows that have a serious tone. Like, here's another one, Ergo Proxy. Yeah, it, it's in that this... one. That one doesn't surprise me that it's on here. Look at this. How close in genre are Lane, Boogie Pop, Phantom, Technolize, and Ergo Proxy? I'm just gonna throw one more so... in there that's on the list. Oh, and guess what? Oh no, Ergo Proxy was Man Globe, which went bankrupt recently. I'm gonna throw one more on the list. That was 2004, Paranoia Agent, which is basically another Boogie Pop Phantom type show. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, not not in not in plot or anything, but I just mean in that kind of like cerebral philosophical oh, yeah. weirdness going on. Like, don't disagree at all. So, I really want to know what Madhouse's highest grossing anime are. I'm trying to find it online, well, but I don't know if I can. Well, I know that's Red- probably worth efforting. I know Redline almost bankrupt them. Yeah, right? Redline didn't do well because it cost so much damn money to make, and it didn't. And again, I, I don't even know if it's sold poorly. I just know it costs so much. Well, I mean, you'll recall that Madhouse was doing terribly, fi- was doing it just abysmally financially for the longest time. And I don't really, I haven't looked, up, I haven't checked on them in a while to see how they're doing. But I know that as of a few years ago, they were in jeopardy of literally closing down. And they've done a lot of stuff. They, they make Man, a lot Madhouse of anime. Has so made such good anime. I'm just going to read through some of their films. They did... Perfect Blue, Ninja Scroll, Millennium Actress. Great. The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Great. Tokyo Godfathers. Great. <laughs> guess, Summer, what, guess what? Those are all Satoshi Kone anime. Summer Wars. Except for Ninja Scroll. Great. Red Line. Awesome. Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust. Um, classic, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then there's some other stuff that's like The Princess and the Pilot. Yeah, that's not so good. Yeah, it kind of sucked. That did kind of suck. Um, they did a card captor movie. Burp, burp, burp. <laughs> Yeah, they've done a lot of but, really good stuff, but I, so see co- as you were saying, uh, correlation does not equal causation. So they they make high quality anime, but they also don't make a lot of money. So, <laughs> so <laughs> just because it's good anime doesn't mean it's gonna make money. Does this mean so that one? Sad to say. Does this mean One Punch Man is doomed to fail? No. You know what? You know what I don't wonder, say that. You know what I wonder about this though, and and this is this is really interesting because this article does say. Sales numbers are only for Japan. So I assume that to mean Japanese buying the DVD, Blu-ray, VHS, whatever the format was. VHS. Wait. You're right. We have Trigun on here. That was VHS release. That's true. A lot of these are pretty old. I I owned Trigun VHSs. Oh, boy. Um, But we've talked at length before, and we even, when Peter Payne was on, we talked with him about it, too, how a lot of the way that anime make their money especially now i don't know how much this was true in the past but especially now it's through merchandising and not through dvd sales per se it's a lot of the licensing and the plushies and the pillows and the figures and all of that that brings it in so i would be interested in to add another kind of perspective to this list to say okay how many of these were true kind of flops if you will from the perspective of they didn't make their money back and how many 
had abysmal sales per, per, per chance, but did really well overall. Like I'd be, I would venture a guess that if you counted Trigun overall, mm-hmm. it probably did a lot better than this list is painting it. For sure. I mean, it's uh, still making money now. I, I'm thinking from the licensing and stuff, Mitsugi. You want to know? Do you want to hear? Are you, are you ready for sarcasm? Okay. Bracing. Now coming at you from the Madhouse International Commercial LLC, a new line of Boogie Pop Phantom Murdered Corpse series. I mean, like, these shows don't... What? That was... Crickets. What? I don't know. These, these shows don't have merchandise. <laughs> they don't. None of them do. Look, Trigun doesn't have merchandise. Have you ever seen a Trigun anything? Yeah. yeah. All the time. What? Have you ever what? been to an yeah. anime convention? Wait, I was going to say, what? In America, where this doesn't count. But and someone honestly, has that, to make it and license but, it. But That's what I'm saying, in, is that if you count everything look, together... In the tiny, in the tiny microscopic bubble on planet Earth that represents the portion <laughs> of people in America that give a shit about anime at anime cons and buy overpriced goods, mm-hmm. you're probably talking about three... Two, three percent of the total sales, and most of those, most of that money doesn't even get back to the studio because it's going through like seven hands before it's sold. I mean, think about how many people probably touch those that merchandise before you buy it at a con. Ew! You're buying it from some random. <laughs> you're buying it from some random guy who bought it from a who bought it from a store. Some random bought, guy with a ponytail. Yeah, but he's like he's like balding up front, but he keeps oh, the ponytail. How much? Yes. And, how, and he's wearing he's wearing an old school look, like Evangelion and black and white T-shirt. And, he, and he's got a goatee, but goatee, but just to mask the double chin. Look, yeah, guys, and, he, and it's kind of patchy. How many Boogie Pop Phantom action figures <laughs> have you seen? All they did was murder people in that show. That's true. To be honest, I've never seen I, any technology. Er, ergo, ergo, I, wait, I said, wait I for said it. Not counting some. I only said. A couple of these. Well, Chiaki, we've only been through seven of these. Trigun, I'm sorry, it didn't have a whole lot of figures. I, I've been to recycle shops. I've never seen a Trigun figure. Lane, nothing. Boogie Pop Phantom, nothing. X, probably some stuff because it's clamp. Technolize, less than nothing. They yeah. literally had negative merchandise. Paranoid agent, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, negative merchandise. Like, We're gonna make merchandise people. and set it on fire. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. T- Paranoid agent, no, nope, did not have merchandise. People. Ergo proxy, no, no merchandise. People that didn't work for the company built merchandise and then just put it in their warehouse. Yes. <laughs> they put it there and they just lit it on fire. <laughs> They peed gasoline all over it and said goodbye. <laughs> Sorry, we skipped one here that I want to that before we get down into the second half here. The lone pro- gasoline. The lone production IG anime. Okay. Oh. Cromarty High Cromarty High School. I thought that was pretty popular. Well, I don't know. I, I didn't see I didn't watch that one. I know that it's about like troubled Yankee kids, which I know which going back to our mailbag from earlier. Don't watch that anime if you want to. You'll be, you'll be, you'll piss your pants. Before, <laughs> you will pee, you will pee in your pants before you get to the school on your first day. If you watch Cromarty High School before you go, because you're gonna be like, you're gonna wear like a flak jacket to, to your school. Some guy's gonna shank you in your back and pull out your spinal fluid. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. <laughs> Jeez. But that, all right. So 2,700 sales, Cromarty High School. I'm sorry. Unless you want to buy like like wigs of wigs with pompadours and like. Camardi High School school uniforms. That one didn't have merch. Did not have a big merchandise line either. Okay. Hold on, I want to say something from the chat. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong if you have a ponytail. I, I didn't. Is that, that was well, all Kazuo. Well, I'm gonna say something else. Go do for it. it. Just do it. <laughs> There's something wrong if you have a ponytail. What? <laughs> no, for sure. A hundred percent for sure what? and obviously. What? No, I'm just okay. All right, no, there's nothing wrong if you have a ponytail. There is something wrong if you have a ponytail and you're balding. (laughs) 
You got to let it go, man. All right. More in the back does not equal more in the front. There is. Wow. You can't balance hey, it out like that. I think Mr. It's Trump not okay. would argue with you. You need to stop. Okay. okay. <laughs> got to calm you guys down before you make my new microphones but explode. Like, the, man, sorry. the man bun is coming back. Okay. Moving Anyways. on. <laughs> we, moving on because we got 10 minutes and we got 15 shows. Let's do this. Okay. Here. Let's just blast through count some of these. Woo. These are all... I'm just going to go through the rest of the Madhouse shows, and we're not even going to talk about them, really, because these, these these are terrible anyway. Needless. Remember that? Nope. Nope. Okay, <laughs> exactly. It was terrible. <laughs> this one, I can't even pronounce it. It's literally B-T-O-O-O-M, exclamation mark, and it has the lowest sales on the list with 652. That's like the creator. Wow. The creator put out a Facebook message to all their friends and said, please buy this. And probably to the surprise of everyone, Parasite, where they miserable 1200 units sold wow that's, well to be fair that just came out a year ago well so it's that one is madhouse and and it's sci-fi the double death knell jeez <laughs> they like yeah. li- they literally shot that one in the head and then just like cut off its limbs with an axe just to make sure it was dead that's yeah, sorry, that was really morbid. That yeah, you're you're in a really morbid mood. Hey, today. you're the one. You gotta, rip, hey, hey, you're the one that wants to kill everyone with ponytails. I don't want to kill. I just wanted to shave <laughs> their head. <laughs> wow, what have we become? All right, so all right, let's keep going on here. They got some more of these. Okay. Um, skip beat, skip which I'm actually beat. amazed this one's on here. Skip beat. I gotta look that up. I don't remember skip beat. Skip beat was a show that that uh, sounds like a, a a music rhythm game. Kimiko covered this some time ago. Oh boy, yeah, yeah. It's a Japanese shoujo uh, about a 16 year old girl that discovers her child, her fr- childhood friend, uh, only keeps her around. Hold on, I gotta read more about this. It's this a, looks story bad. revolves around a young girl <laughs> named Kyoko who went with her class, her childhood for who went with her childhood friend Shoul to Tokyo to pursue his dream of becoming an idol. Despite him, her supporting him, oh she boy. overhears him dismissing her as a boring wall- wallflower. Furious, Kyoko vows to get her revenge by defeating him in the in the entertainment world. This doesn't really fall into the genres that these other shows have. That so... fails the Bechdel test miserably. Yeah, it fails the Bechdel <laughs> test, and that's why Japan hates it, because Japan is totally misogynistic to the extreme. <laughs> Wait, no, failing the best Wait, test yeah, is misogynistic. Yeah. That's probably so why Japan created like it. it. <laughs> yeah. All right, like, that oh, one women, women only ever think about guys, right? Isn't that how this works? Yeah, yeah but it's basically. about a, yeah, but it's about a woman rising up against a guy, right? Mm. Which is why Japan yeah. hates it because it's like. But it, nah, I think nah, it's nah, nah. I think it's still the motivation of everything a girl does is is for a guy. Okay, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, here's some more of these. One ba- of the ones that I was surprised was Bakuman. Yeah, Bakuman does mm-hmm. does actually surprise me a lot because especially because they kept making more and more of it. Yeah. Like what this show have three seasons? You would Something think they like would that. just know. You would think they would say, "Wow, well this first season really sucked. You know, we didn't make jack shit for money. We better we better pull the plug." But no, three seasons and two specials, three specials. This wow. thing has seventy five episodes. That's crazy. I thought people really liked Bakuman, so. I mean, this one's got a three point eight four, an eight point four on my anime list. That's a pretty high score for a show that nobody liked, apparently, or, or didn't sell any copies. Yeah. Another thing that we have to consider too is that I feel like as we get further into present day and even further down the line into the future, I feel like we're overall we're going to be seeing a lot less sales of physical media for anime. Uh, you know, a lot of streaming has become. I mean, that's how 
the majority of people consume their media nowadays is just by streaming. Nobody really I buys. Agree. Nobody. Very few people buy discs to own at this point. So, and even less when it comes to anime. I, I totally agree with you, but unfortunately, most of the shows on this list are. Older. From 2010 yeah. and back, and the, that theory, you know, probably will apply going forward. And it, it may apply for like Trigun or for uh, Parasite, right? But probably won't really apply for the shows that came before Parasite. Yeah, definitely. But I, I, I do think that's just going to be a continuing trend uh, going forward. Okay, yeah. So yeah, so another one on this list is Shiki, which is a supernatural thriller. That it's another really re- highly rated school. 15-year-old Megumi Shimizu dreamed of a glamorous life in the big city. However, her unexpected death in a quiet village marks the beginning of what appears to be a ferocious epidemic that turns the hot summer into a season of blood and terror. Holy cow. Wow. Well, Japan doesn't really That's like... turn quick. Japan doesn't really like horror all that much. Right. I mean, they have their own brand of horror, but, like, why do you think there's no horror anime there's like very, three of them. Very few, yeah. By the way, I did watch Magnetic Rose on Halloween, just nice. as I recommended. Oh, I should have watched it's it. It's still right? good. It's still a great movie. It's it's like 45 minutes. Go watch Magnetic Rose. I'll do it right now. I mean, literally. While we're, on the, while we're doing the show. <laughs> and th- this is not the only horror show on this list. If you think about it, Parasite probably falls into the horror category to some extent. You got shows like Boogie Pop Phantom, Lane, Technolize, Ergo Proxy, Paranoia Agent. Those are all sort of thriller horror shows in their own, in a certain sense. So, I don't know, maybe you could also say that in addition to sci-fi, Japan hates horror. I mean, seriously, can I can we say that with some uh honesty? Yeah, I mean, I don't I, there's certainly um I, I don't know. I you know, I don't think Japan really hates horror. I mean, there's a lot of big horror movies that come out of Japan. Like there's a I, I don't know if it's necessarily all that mainstream, but there's Japan certainly has a rich history well, with horror. Maybe I should maybe I should modify my statement to say the Japanese market doesn't like yeah. horror. Well, or, the, sorry, the, the Japanese anime fan, like the anime viewer market. Right. Well, that's the, that's the problem. Whenever you have these kind of like like horror anime is a, a niche within a niche. So yeah, and well, likewise I mean, with of. likewise with that deep dark sci-fi stuff that is like. Like, the dark sci-fi is a niche within a niche within a niche. So it's like, to, yeah. to expect those to be uh, broadly accepted and, and successful is not, not looking good. Anyway, I don't think there's a whole lot more to say about this topic, but there are a couple more. I'm just going to read them, and we can sure. kind of move on, I think. Um, the, the rest of the ones on the list that did terrible were, were Watamote, Watamote, whatever you want to call it. It's that, it was that show about the... Uh, the um, the shut-in, the shut-in girl. Which that one I'm a little surprised about. Yeah, I mean, it had 6.1 thousand units sold, but honestly, not real great. Uh, Shinsekai Yori, which I know that, I think at least Kimiko loved that show. I watched it. You watched it? it well, was you good. you loved it, so that one didn't sell well. Not Fu- surprised. 4,700 units. Binbogami Ga, which is a dumb, the only dumb comedy that I've seen on this list um, so far. 3.6 thousand units sold by Sunrise. I think that's the only Sunrise anime on this list. Um, Medaka Box, 2.2 thousand units from Gainax. And that's about it, rounding out the list. We covered all the rest of them. Oh, did we cover Rin, Daughters of Nemasane? No, we didn't no. mention that. That's another one of those like sci-fi, small horror element, dark show, OVA. 2.8 thousand units sold from Zebek. So, yeah... Rin Rin Namasane is the 
is horribly overrated, but, you know, it's on the list anyway. So, yeah, it's weird. I've seen a lot of these, and I don't really think most of these are very bad shows. So I guess I'm just not Japanese enough to understand why they don't choose to buy these. It, might, it also may have something to do with they don't have a random fan follow, a rabid fan following enough to buy expensive box sets. Like, you know, you don't see any Gundam shows on here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You don't see any sports shows on here. And maybe no, it's just because those genres have huge followings that are rabid and will buy anything, yeah. regardless of price. You also don't see any kind of... That's an interesting thing that you say, Gundam, but because you don't see any shows that have any kind of like long-term follower base. Like You don't see the Gundam that has new installments, or a Macross, or... You know, some of those other, a Sailor Moon or some of those other series that have a bunch of new content put out. All right, guys. All right. Well, I think that was a really cool topic. I, I yeah. enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, what we're going to do now is going to go ahead and take another anime news break. When we come back, we will be doing our impressions on several shows Sakurako san, One Punch Man, Heavy Object, Noragami Aragoto, and Lance and Masks. Yep. So stick around and we'll be right back. Anime Addicts, this is Shiaki, and this is your Anime News Break. As most of you know, I am a big fan of anime scores and music, and I love going to concerts, but I think most of you are in the same boat as me in that I'm no longer in Japan, and I can't get to a lot of these concerts no matter how cool they seem. Well, the official website for the Tiger and Bunny franchise has heard our prayers and have announced that the filmed performance of The Sound of Tiger and Bunny Orchestral Concert will be released on Blu-ray Disc in Japan on February 24th. So you can relive all the orchestral wonder of Tiger and Bunny. But that's not all. The Blu-ray Disc will be including a new 18-minute short anime titled Too Many Cooks Spoil the Broth. The short was also shown during the concert. The disc will cost 5,800 yen, which is about 48 US dollars. In other news, the Tokyo Motor Show just happened, and if you're wondering why you should care as an anime found, the famous Macross and Aquarion mech designer Shoji Kawamori unveiled a new design for what could become an ambitious concept of a new vehicle. At the Toyota booth was a sleek-looking little compact car designed for deliveries. It's a one-seater, and it can be controlled via joystick, which, you know, is pretty mech right there. But if you want even more Macross action from this, they are expressing the interest to add some features that will give the car two transformation modes, a robo-walk mode and a robo-roid mode. You can find pictures of these concepts online. I am always on the lookout for anime-inspired clothing, goods, merchandise, jewelry that I can put on display or wear, and no one's going to know it's anime unless they know it's anime. And Super Groupie has two new pairs of heels that may just be added to my wardrobe. They're inspired by the Tales of Zillia PlayStation 3 game. Characters Jude Mathis and Milia Maxwell's clothing have inspired a pair of black booties with teal trim and gold chains as well as white buckled Mary Jane heels with the same detail flourish as seen on Milia's skirt. The heels come in at a reasonable 
17,800 yen or just under 150 US dollars, which for a good pair of heels is what you're gonna pay. And I have to say, I think the booties may need to be added to my wardrobe because they are so cute. And finally, in some not so anime news, but still news that I think is dear to the hearts of many anime fans, I just wanna say that something very exciting happened to Nintendo. Now you might think financial statements are boring, but this is a big accomplishment. Nintendo published its earnings statements this past week for the six month period ending on September 30th, 2015. And they have reported an operating profit of 8.9 billion yen, or just over 73.8 million US dollars. What makes this so special? This is the first time in five years that Nintendo has a positive operating income in its four to six financial reports. For a point of comparison, last year Nintendo had a deficit of 215 million yen after the same six month period. So hopefully this is a sign of good things to come for the future of Nintendo. This was Shiaki and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. Hey, Chiaki. Hey, Mitsugi. I heard of this podcast called Anime Addicts Anonymous. Yeah. They have this really handsome guy named Kazuo on there. Have you heard of it? Well, yeah. I, I think I'd like to throw my money at him. <clears throat> I mean, support that podcast. Mitsugi, are you feeling all right? You're supposed to be the producer. Um, of as I was saying, do you know how I can support the AAA podcast? Oh, well, as a completely unbiased podcast listener, you can pop over to their Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash AAA podcast. This is a great way to support the Anime Addicts Anonymous, and you can get some cool content like AAA ringtones, weekly show notes, unedited episodes, and more. Better yet, I see here that you can get exclusive access to the podcast's bi-weekly hentai episodes Pervert. and broadcast after parties <laughs> which are so much fun so after you go to patreon.com forward slash aaa podcast and support the show you can feel free to stuff all those dollar bills straight into kazuo's boxer shorts where i put my money is none of your business hey steve bloom here voice of spike spiegel vincent valentine Leron from guren lagon gilman from digimon and a bunch of other crap and I am a total anime addict, dude. <laughs> Tune in or else. are back to the 298th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. For those listening out there, oh yeah. Well, there it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're Coochie Goosey. Oh, Coochie Goosey. I like it. Um, it okay. sounds a little naughty. I mean, yeah. I know it's not, but... Coochie Goosey. Yeah. Um, all right. So now it's time to make some decisions, guys. Some real, real serious life choices. I'm a Libra. Don't make me choose things. We're going to be doing our impressions... And passing or failing five anime. Oh, okay. I can do that. Oh, this is tough. Um, all right. So, again, the anime that we're going to be doing. Uh, let's see. I've got Sakurako-san no Ashimoto ni wa shitai ga umateru. Which is a crazy <laughs> nice long job, title. Nice job with that. And I also have One Punch 
man. Somebody well, that wrote was easy. Someone wrote one punch pan on here. Just <laughs> hilarious. Um, who's got? Uh, let's see, Jackie. What do you have? I have heavy objects. Okay, and then, is it was it heavy? Uh, it's, it's, you'll it's, find out. It's, it's it's the enemy about it Monday. Was something? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh, I had to. You can't. That's you can't just. She said. You can't just leave it hanging out there. Exactly. And expects me not to. <laughs> see All right. It. So I'm gonna do my first review. My first impression is is, is Noragami Aragoto, and this is a direct follow up of the first Noragami anime, which came out. Uh, we were still in Japan when I was watching this for the podcast, so it was just a couple years ago. But uh, it's done by Studio Bones. And it's you know it's an action fantasy adventure type show, and it's it's uh, thirteen episodes long. It's about the first season. I feel like I sort of need to read the synopsis of the first season because this show is a little hard to watch if you haven't seen the first season. Now I will say that first of all, the first season of the show is quite good. In fact, it's kind of awesome. So. You might it might be worth your time to sort of go back and invest the three or four hours into watching the first one, so you can kind of pick up on the second one. Because spoiler alert, the second one is better than the first one. So, but in this show, the world consists of two parts. There is the there is the near, and this is coming off of uh, anime database from um, from my anime list. Uh, the near shore and the far shore. The near shore is the place where people reside. You know, like the like human world, and the far shore is the place for for deities and ayakashi spirits, which are emotional fragments that can possess humans and cause trouble. So, in the show, you have a lot of instances where somebody will be having like a dark a dark time in their life. They'll have some negative emotions that are like eating away at them, and the negative ayakashi, the spirits, the bad spirits of the other world, can sort of latch onto that and feed and, and infect you. In the show, thus of gradually turning you into, um, gosh, I can't even remember the name of the, I'm I can't remember the name of what ha- of what they call you when you've become like a totally bad entity. But someone in the chat will know. So it is in the show. It is a deity's responsibility to remove those ayakashi from those of the near shore with the help of weapons, which are called shinki, which are made from the spirits of dead people. So in the first in the first anime in the first series, you have a a, a god of, calam- of calamity whose name is Jatol, and you have a boy named Yukine whom he finds and gives him a, he gives him a name and claims him as one of his uh, his, his, his his one of his regalia they call it, and as part of being the regalia he can turn into a weapon which can be used to fight the bad entities or the Ayakashi. So. That's sort of the backs. That is about as thin of a backstory as I can give you, without having this make any sense. In the second season, so now we're moving on to what this next season is. It is the the main focus is on a god called Bishamon, who is a god of combat, who is blindingly gorgeous, like literally unfreaking believable. And I'm gonna pull up a picture of Bishamon from Noragami for for Kazuo here, and I'm gonna find a picture. Of her, a picture of my choosing, of course. Okay. But she is literally blindingly gorgeous in this show with, with like, gorgeous blonde hair and, the like, vibrant purple eyes. I mean, she's, like, yeah. freaking gorgeous. It's like it's like one of those girls that you see and you're just like, what 
is that? Yeah, she's. Is that even human? It's, it's unbelievable. One of those girls that you see and you look at them and you go, "Okay, what's wrong with you?" What's yeah? Because because <laughs> you, you, something something is wrong with you. No one gets to be that pretty and a beautiful person yeah, inside. Yeah, she's freakishly beautiful, and she is a god of combat, and she's an unbelievable badass. And she has many of these regalia, these shinki, due to her being unable to abandon spirits that are attacked by Ayakashi. So she has some baggage that makes it so that, which I won't explain because, well, maybe it was in the first three episodes. She has like an, her entire clan of, in the third episode, which is in not outside, which is inside the non-sport, the safe zone of what I talk about, you find out that Yato killed pretty much all of her old regalia, and she had a lot of them. But it was because her... Well, I think maybe this might be in the fourth episode. It was it was necessary to kill them, I will say. And you, and you know that he killed them because they talk about that in the first season, so that much is not a spoiler. But it was necessary for them to die. But nonetheless, she holds it against him. So now that she has that baggage, she every time she finds a new, rega- new Shinky, she has to take them as her, her, her regalia which means that she has like their name written on her body and you know they become an underling so she has a large group of these shinki and she has a lo- a lot of weapons i mean she, she her shinki one of them is like a lion she rides it it flies around in the sky she rides it she has a whip she's got a sword she has like a mace she has two handguns I, she has an earring like those those are just the ones i can think of but she's got way more than she needs so um but the regalia caused her a lot of trouble because she can't tend to all of them because she's got so freaking many of them. And so what they get a li- when they, one of them gets sick or they get in pain or they feel a little lonely, it affects her physically. Like It's kind of like the 12 kingdoms where if the Kirin of the kingdom gets sick, mm-hmm. the king will die or the queen will die. That's just how it works. If the if one of her regalia dies or gets sick or God forbid gets what do they call it a blighted or whatever where they get a, they get infected by one of the bad spirits, it it affects her physically to the point where she can die. Okay. And in this season, you have a one of her regalia has gone bad, and she doesn't know who it is, but he's been plotting to basically kill Bishamon and have her be reborn. Because if she dies, she will be reborn as another god because he wants to sort of control her when she's a child and, you know, have... He, he wants power, basically. But in order to do this, he tries to pit... He tries to pit Yato and Bishamon against each other and have Yato kill her. And she has been weakened significantly because some of her regalia are sick. And because of that, she's not fighting at her best and some of her regalia are weak are weaker than they would normally be. And so he set up this perfect, this really well-crafted first three episodes that puts her in the perfect position to be killed. And it's really, really quite awesome. I mean, one of her regalia goes to this place where a friend of his died and he remembers because he's a spirit and they remember, you know, they remember the, their lives to some extent. And, and um, Yukine, Yato's regalia, finds the boy and they, and they become friends. Right. Well, the bad guy has the regalia killed, and it results in Yukine going to the to Bishamon's place to, I guess, ask why she was mistreating him or whatever. And and it he basically what happens is that the bad guy kidnaps he kidnaps one of uh, 
Bishamon's Regalia, and also the girl, Hiyori, who's an extremely important character in the anime, but I haven't mentioned her at all because she feels a little less important in this season. But um, he kidnaps them in order to get Yato to go apeshit and fight Bishamon, and Bishamon thinks that, you know, well, she hates Yato to begin with, so they end up having this massive fight in the fourth episode that's pretty awesome. Um, there's no possible way I can fail Noragami Adagoto because it may be the best anime of the season. So, and for those people that haven't watched the first season, you should watch it. It it looks beautiful. I already showed you one of the characters. I mean, good lord, this anime looks freaking gorgeous. The the action is awesome. The music is great. The the characters are really really likable. And there's honestly. Not a bad thing I can say about it at this point. In fact, on my document where I summarize the scores, I have it as a five after three episodes. That's how good it is. Wow. It's that's freaking amazing. It's it's um you know, it's everything you wanted in an anime like like Your Lie in April. It's just a different genre. Hmm, okay. It's an action fantasy supernatural show rather than a slice of life drama. Do we know how many episodes it's going to be? Just yeah, 13? it's going to be 13 episodes and the last one is 13 episodes so anybody who likes fantasy or supernatural that missed this, go watch it because it's it's at the top of the genre right now. It's awesome. And so, so naturally, there's no possible way that I can pass this show or that I can fail, fail this show. <laughs> I can't pass this show. Do it! Make your dreams come true! Just do it! Do it! And Godius Maximus in the chat says, um, the opening for season two is amazing. And Bortz said it sounds confusing. Well, that's because I summarized the first show in like one minute. And right. you, you, you're not going to get as much out of the second show season if you don't watch the first one. In fact, you're going to be like, what the hell? So, so go back, watch the first season. It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, literally, it's, it's just not that it's just, it's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not mm-hmm. the kind of show that it doesn't. It doesn't hold your hand into the second season. There's no like, there's no prologue episode zero where it fills you in on all the stuff. It just it just starts up again. So you have to watch the first one. Okay. But literally, you should. Yeah. Go so you, watch it. So you definitely can't jump on right now and start watching this because you're lost. Thank it for that. It's forcing you to go watch 13 more awesome episodes of anime just to quote unquote qualify you for the second awesome 13 episodes. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Awesome. So Woo! I'm gonna start off uh, with. Uh, one Punch Man. Now, punch me right in the face. Do it right now. Do it. Do it. No, seriously, do it. <laughs> no. no. Seriously, do it. Just don't, just don't hit the microphone. And then you and then you explode into like a puddle of goo. Because that's what happens in One Punch Man. If that was a printy, you could pick me up and throw me and I would explode. Dude. Dude. Hot dude. Plip. All right. So, One Punch Man. Uh, let's see here. I will just pull up the plot on good old Wikipedia. Uh, it says here the story takes place in fictional Japanese metropolis of City Z. The world is full of strange monsters that mysteriously appear and cause disasters. Saitama, the protagonist, is an exceptionally powerful hero who defeats the monsters or other villains with a single punch. However, due to his overwhelming strength, Saitama has become bored with his powers and is constantly trying to find stronger opponents who can fight him. On his adventures, he meets new friends, enemies, and his own disciple, the cyborg Genos, and joins the Heroes Association in order to gain fame for all of his efforts to defeat evil. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to continue because it's going to get into spoilers. So, the show is uh, made by production company 
Madhouse. Oh my god. Oh god, no. Oh my god. No, Madhouse, god. why? Quick, throw your money at it. <laughs> Abandon ship. Everyone run. So, wow. which, um, but uh, I, I will say, I'm not going to bury the lead. It's a really good show. Uh, I, I jokingly said uh, when I picked this show that this is going to be the the best show of the season. And three episodes in, I'm, I'm standing by that. I think the best episode of the season, the best anime of the season is Noragami. Well, I haven't watched that, so I can't say. But um, I don't know. For, so, for so, what... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, never mind. I haven't given an impression on that show yet. For Just what, kidding. For what One Punch Man is, it... Man, it does it well. Well, we know that it's a show that won't make any money. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's not... I guess it is sci-fi. Well, so, okay, so the show revolves around Saitama. Saitama is that goofy-looking bald dude with the cape and uh he looks like he has uh like dish gloves on like we used to wash dishes um and in the first episode you meet him and he doesn't look like that he looks like just a normal generic japanese businessman he got i think he got fired and he's walking home and he just doesn't care about life anymore and he's so depressed and this this giant crab man shows up he's got like crab hands and he's just this giant dude and um through a series of events, Saitama ends up getting into a fight with this guy and ends up killing him. Now, Saitama at this point has had no training whatsoever. He just got lucky and went crazy and killed the guy. So at this point, he decides, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to do something with my life. I'm going to become a, a superhero. So he starts training like crazy. He trains so much and so intensely that he goes bald. I'm sorry. I just had a thought. What's up? So you said one punch man. Right. And for some reason, I'm perverted and I was just thinking one pump man. One pump man. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I think we made that that or Jackie made that joke. Jackie, uh, you would a, a, the prior episodes, but I was I was just thinking about overtraining and going bald, and I feel like that explains a lot about Mitsugi. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> ah. because he's so mookie mookie. At least I have abs. That's true. And Abu, can, a, Abu, and, Abu, and I can pep and I can peck pop. So mookie mookie. So mookie mookie. Um. So yeah. So he trains. Uh, like crazy, goes bald. But the problem is, he's becomes he becomes so powerful that one punch wrecks anything that he hits. So is he like Vegeta when he uses when he hits that punching testing machine at the at the World Tournament? Basically, or whatever he where he and, taps it and, and it for explodes. some reason, Heavy Metal Leo in the chat is saying Kazuo is butchering this. I don't understand how I'm butchering it. I'm telling you what the show's about. It's about a guy. Just keep going. <laughs> don't listen. I am offended. How Just dare you, Heavy Metal Leo? You take your ponytail and you get out of here. Just kidding. Do you even have one? Damn it. <laughs> no. Um, so he becomes so powerful that every, anything he punches is obliterated. It turns into, like, goo, basically. And so he gets really depressed because he has no challenges now. Um, so let's see. What else? Uh, uh, what happens here? So first episode, there's this giant purple monster. Uh, after, he, after he gains his power, there's this giant purple monster who is, um, who is walking through the city. He kind of looks like a purple piccolo basically interesting and he's wrecking shop and then of course one punch man shows up punches him destroys him um and that kind of happens within the first couple episodes you know just over and over again where you know there's these unbelievably uh, powerful creatures like there's this one episode where there's this guy who is um like as he's walking through the city he's destroying like blocks like his footprints is just is just smashing skyscrapers he's so gigantic um, and yet, of course, One Punch Man just punches him and destroys him. <laughs> so um, he ends up meeting this character whose name is Genos. 
and Genos is a cyborg kind of character. He's like, I, I guess he's almost completely a robot, except from what I understand, he's has a human's mind. Um, and so he meets One Punch Man, and uh, he ends up helping him. They fight this uh, this character who is she's a woman, but she controls bees. Or like not bees, some kind of bees everywhere. Like, I don't think they're bees. They're, they're like ripping um, my flesh off. They're like locusts or something. I forget. But is she like the guy from Metal Gear from Metal Gear Solid Three? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she has like this swarm that like surrounds her and stuff, just like Metal Gear Solid Three. Awesome. And, um, and so the robot guy is fighting her. Genos is fighting her, and he's you know getting beat, and he's getting like parts blown off of him, like his arms and legs are getting blown off. And uh, One Punch Man comes in and you know finally deals with it. And so at this point, Genos is like, okay, I want you to train me. I want to be like you and all that. What do you do? How do you train? And he's like, okay, I'll tell you my secret. Every morning, I wake up and I do 100 push-ups. Is that it? And then I run three miles. And then I do 100 squats every day. <laughs> he's like, what? what? That's it? <laughs> so I don't think that's it. I think he was joking. I don't know. You can't really tell. The show is ridiculous and completely over the top, as you would imagine, by just the description of the show. Um, it's ridiculous. It's over the top. The action is insane. Um, the, you know, I, I need to stop reading the chat because I'm reading people's criticism of me talking about the show. <laughs> this is this is why I ignore the chat when I'm yeah. doing reviews or impressions. I'm just I am, like, I am now officially ignoring all of you. I'm gonna I'm review I'm doing impressions on the show. You can't tell me what to do. Uh, but so the show ridiculous over the top hilarious um the action and the the animation is actually really good like some of the fight scenes even though of course he destroys everyone with one punch some of the scenes are like just holy crap this is beautiful um in the third episode genos takes him to this guy who is a mad scientist who is trying to make the most powerful human being on earth he's genetically engineering these things um and he ends up like cloning himself and uh, creates this m- monster who like will destroy everything, and as you would imagine, One Punch Man goes and finds him and one punches him, <laughs> and that's it. So, so he beats everybody in one punch, like for yeah, real? yeah. It's 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 kind of hilarious because it builds it up. You know, it's like um, it's like oh my god, this monster is insane, and no one will be able to do anything, and we can't stop him, and he's gonna destroy us all. And then he just punches him, and it's like all right, well, see you later. <laughs> Next, next episode. <laughs> next <Goodbye>. up. <laughs> so, um, so it's hilarious. Like the the way that they balance the insane action, over the top destruction and explosions with him at the convenience store buying crab legs or whatever, and then you know he's just at the checkout aisle and it's very, um, it's very like, uh, just it, it's it's almost like being in an elevator. That's what the show reminds me of. It's like you're in an elevator and you've got that music going, the little like, you know, crappy and you're like, la, la, la. and then the, like, this is how I envision it. You're in the elevator la, 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 la. and then the doors open and as the doors open, there's this giant freaking monster and he's there to destroy everyone. And then you punch him and he explodes and then you push the door closed and then the door and the door exactly and then the door closes and the music just turns back on and that's exactly what the show is. Wow. It's um, it's it's hilarious. It's action packed. It's. I freaking love this show, and I I am sticking through to the end with this one, a hundred percent for sure. And obviously, One Punch Man is passing. Groovy, yeah. I feel like that was a really appropriate pass drop for uh, for One Punch Man. 
just from the vibe I get from the show. All right, it's my turn, and I'm going to be giving you an impression on heavy objects. How heavy is it exactly in kilograms? Apparently as heavy as Kazuo's dick. More or less, give or take. Uh, give or take. It's, it's, the problem is that there isn't a scale large enough to correctly weigh. Oh, stop it. You heard it here, ladies. <laughs> Um, the that's heavy. Not, I want you to know that's not a good thing. <laughs> I'm just <joking. laughs> No, it's not. I'm not saying it's massive. It's dense. That's the thing. It's like a neutron star. The heavy object is a giant <laughs> ball. <laughs> so, or one of them. Jesus. Is. All right. <laughs> what in the world is happening? I don't know. I really, I really didn't know what to expect from the show when I passed it, and and it it had some things in the PV. The PV looked pretty. And it is pretty. It, it does have a fair amount of CG, but I don't find it jarring. I feel like we're starting to get to the point in anime where we shouldn't even mention the CG because I feel like all the anime has decent CG that's not incredibly jarring these days, and that's just table stakes of using CG in anime. But a giant robot show, of course you have some CG. Oh my god, it's and CG? Oh what? And then I watched the first episode. (laughs) You're about to hit the fail drop already. (laughs) Um, And I really, I don't know if I'm just too old for this shit or what, but I just, I, I couldn't, I could not. In the first episode, we meet our two main bumbling fools, which are Barbatage Quenther and... Javia Winchell. Actually, it's Quenther Barbatage, but whatever. Did you say Quenther? Yeah. Q-W-E-N-T-H-U-R. Wow. That might be the Quinther? worst name I've ever Quinther? heard. Quenther? Quinther? I don't know. Um, it's probably probably in the anime. It's like Quinta. Um, and these, they're on a military base in the middle of some Arctic tundra. And the anime starts out with, like, five minutes of narrated info dump exposition. So never really a good sign when they're like, all right, we're not going to actually tell you the story through, you know, having it show up in plot. We're just going to dump it all on you. But the concept isn't totally crazy. It's not super amazing. It's not super bad. It's a futuristic world where there are these things called heavy objects and think of them like super tanks almost like incredibly high tank and they have laser rifles and all kinds of shit and they've rendered every other form of warfare obsolete because just like, like but- <laughs> just <laughs> wow um, sorry, I couldn't help it and so <laughs> we are learning so much on this episode about Cosmo's dick um and so they've rendered every other form of warfare obsolete because, like, fighter jets can't take them on, and obviously they wipe out infantry, and they... Stop! Stop! <laughs> you almost did. You thought about it, and your thoughts were so loud they threw me off. Um, so, so basically what happens is two heavy objects battle each other, and... The winner, the loser, ends up raising the white flag and forfeiting, and then treaties are made. So there isn't really, like, warfare anymore. And as a result, wars don't really have that many casualties. And so it's kind of resulted in a world that's in a constant state of sort of war, and but 
no one's really dying or struggling. And so we meet these two main characters and they're on a base in the tundra and they have nothing to do and they're like out hunting or whatever. And then we find out that the nobility, the princess or whatever is what they call her, um, which I think there's actually a class thing here. Um, I don't, but I don't know if she's actually a princess or if that's a, like just what they call her on base. And that's Melinda, uh, Bratini. And she's the one who pilots the heavy object. And of course she is a 14 year old girl, but what I kind of forgive this show for is that they, it's a 14 year old girl and they're not looking at it going, here's a 14 year old girl who we're going to treat like she's 20 or say she's 20. The first episode had an info dump then it was a stupid romp of these characters doing nothing then we had quinther working on the heavy object with melinda and a scene of he presses a button and it makes the safety belt restricts and we have no less than like two minutes of him debating if he can help her because that would mean touching her boobs and he's really excited about that fact oh my god and heaven we have a couple other dumb shit happen where they actually have a barbecue. And then at the end, seemingly out of nowhere, we're on a battlefield between heavy objects and the heavy object gets destroyed. And it's like, what? So basically the first episode was one of the worst episodes of anime I've seen in a long time. Now here's the sad part. The second and third episodes of the show were actually pretty good because you have Quinther, who's an engineer and... He goes out into the battlefield. What basically happens is there's this heavy object battle and um, one of the um, Melinda's heavy object is defeated. And rather than just the other heavy object doesn't respond to the white flag and they just start mowing down the military base, like just blowing it up when and everyone's like, what the hell? You're supposed to stop fighting. We we put up the white flag and they're like, ah, no. And so you have it's heavy. Blow it. Um, you have Quinter who's going out and trying to, uh, Melinda is putting up the SOS and because usually like they try to kill the people who pilot the heavy objects because they're very valuable and she's doing it. So that's the survivors of the base can escape, even though it means that she knows she's going to be captured. And like Quinter goes off to find her. And when he finds her, like he has a gun and he's trying to kill the guys who are, like they're talking about tying her up and letting her drag through the snow and seeing if like she can survive it with her armor and if she does raping and torturing her. Like this gets gritty pretty quickly. And then like Quinther has his gun and like he's like holy shit I have to kill somebody and this is what war is and we've totally forgotten about that because we've been living this luxury of like these heavy objects defining war for us and like he has a moment like a holy shit moment i have to pull the trigger and kill somebody that i kind of appreciate because it's kind of nice to see characters that don't just go into a situation that involve taking a life when they're not supposed to do that or trained to do that and they're totally cool with it and then at the end of the the second third episode that that little mini arc he ends up taking down the other heavy object by being creative as an engineer and so that i looked at it i'm like that's pretty cool because when's the last time that you had an anime about an engineer type of thing and at the end of the third episode you have like this little mini arc him and javia are rewarded for their bravery and they think they're going to live the life of luxury and they find out they're going to get stationed somewhere else and and it leads you into like this oriole rig and i think that the anime is gonna probably revolve around a very loosely strung plot underneath um 
two, like three or four arcs throughout the show. The problem that I have with this is that it just falls into too many traps that I can't, I can't forgive for this because it, it just, it's so many tropes that I just look at and I'm like, someone out there loves this. Someone out there is going to love this show. I'm not that person. I don't think any of us are that person. And if you heard this impression and you're like, hey, I don't mind the occasional face and boobs surrounded by the dramas of war. That sounds like my kind of show with interesting, with weirdly conceptualized mecha. Go for it. Heavy object is going to be your thing. But I just can't pass it because I know that at the end of this show, we will rip it apart. And Which could be fun. It could be fun. To be but, fair, you can't rip apart the heavy object. Oh, okay. It's, it's, no, the, not. The, heavy, the heavy object is made for ripping apart other things. Uh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it's that heavy, I mean, seriously. Um, <laughs> All right, let's kill it off already. comment 33 in the chat has, has one finding thought, final thought that I love. She is literally dying in the scene. The the girl, the pilot girl. She is literally dying and he can't save her because boobs. That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> so I love that drop. Yeah. Okay. So I'm up. Yes. All right. So I Do am it. doing... <clears throat> Do it. So I am doing a review on an anime that I... It's such a strange, weird show called Lances and Masks. And this show is kind of odd because I don't know what audience this appeals to. There's a boy in the show who, gods, I can't even remember his name now. Of course, of course I can't remember his name. But he has White Knight Syndrome, which is already dumb. Uh... And in the show, sounds like a lot of guys on the internet. In the show, he has to, he can't, he just can't resist not coming to the rescue or whatever, whatever white knights do when there's a damsel in distress or whatever you want to call it. So there's a scene like where a girl's being bullied uh, in like the, in like a town by some Yankee dudes. And he jumps in and he has this gigantic lance and he's like, oh, I'll kill you or whatever. I'll fight you. And they all run away. And that's, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about, right? But the show, really what the show feels like to me is it feels, I don't, I don't want to throw it out here and just condemn the shit out of it, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> it feels, and you can maybe give me the adjective for this, it feels pedophilist. Is that, is that a word? That, I don't know if it is, um, but it's never a good descriptor on anything. I mean, because... because Pedophilic? Pedophilic, because he's like 17, 16, 15, something like that years old, old enough to be carrying around a huge weapon and fighting and fighting people with it. And sh- this girl whom he rescues, in the very beginning, he rescues this girl from, she's, she's like climbing up the side of this mountain hill thing in this playground, and she falls off the side, and she's plummeting to her death, and he catches her, and she's instantly in love with him, or enamored. And he ends up hanging out with this girl for a huge portion of the remaining of remainder of the first three episodes, which, by the way, are horribly convoluted and and basically exist on almost no story whatsoever for me to even talk about. But, which obviously I think it's obvious that I'm failing it already. But <laughs> I'm gonna explain why. But then they throw in the jokes. They they make it worse by throwing in the jokes like, oh, 
you can't stay in the same house as this girl because, and it's a mansion, by the way, because she's rich and she's the daughter of a guy who owns a huge corporation and she's on like her own little island or some shit. And they haven't explained why that is to the fullest extent, but I imagine they will. And it's a mansion. Like, I think I can stay in the same house, the same mansion as a little girl when it has numerous rooms, but... They imply that he might do something to her, and she's clearly like in love with him in the sense that she can be as a, as a young girl. So wait, now they're both young. Oh, right? she's like like five. Oh, six. She's young, like like young. Like, what are you doing without your parents? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I have to have a like a um, to use a word that I learned recently, an au pair, like a nanny. I mean, she's literally a little kid, like a first grader, and he feels like a high schooler. And they have this weird, like, gross relationship that becomes even more gross. And it's especially gross because he's the white knight and he's trying to, like, protect her. And I'm sorry, you can sort of paint it as, oh, he's just trying to protect her. But when the show makes jokes like that and when she blushes when she thinks about him and all of that, I can see there being a lot of action figures sold about this show. It won't be on the on the most, you know, shows that bankrupted a studio list that we just talked about. But they sort of they the show presents itself in such a way that I couldn't help but think that thought ever each of the first three episodes at least once. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like this is kind of gross cuz he he ought, he ought not be hanging out with a little girl like this anyway and nonetheless have them have this kind of relationship. And yes, and in the chat, Captain Avatar says, and has she has pronounced herself his wife, and that did happen. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. They, you can't help but think it when they make comments like that, and she looks six, and he looks like a high schooler, and it's gross. See, here's and, here's here's a question though. Okay, I'm not saying this excuses it. I'm just curious mm-hmm. because someone brought up like White Knight syndrome in, in the chat. Is this an anime that you are supposed to be creeped out by this and it's supposed to, not that I'm saying it's easier so. to watch but like kind of that like no. we're going to study this and it's wrong and weird. Mm-hmm. Oh okay. No. Because right. they don't focus on it enough. Like it isn't about white knight syndrome. Okay. It's about some corporation doing something evil. I don't know. I haven't gotten far enough. They didn't they didn't talk about it but about some corporation that's going to do something evil and there's a couple fight scenes between like guys that are highly ranked knights, and he's like a low-level knight, or maybe not, or not, you're like an or like an apprentice knight, but he's like, he's apparently like the chosen one, and he obtains some power at the end of the third episode, which allows him to have a semi-good fight scene between the two knights, and they're like riding on their horses and trying to joust each other or whatever they do. But there's nothing super exceptional about the show, and. Um, I kind of get the sense that there will be some plot happening because at the end of the third episode, the girl gets kidnapped and which is going to of course result in him rescuing her because it's white knight syndrome and that makes it incredibly predictable. But lances and masks and just to top it off, we all know how the rating system on like on websites like my anime list goes. Well, this one's got a, this one's in the five range. Wow. Yeah, it sucks. I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, it's got a 5.8. So we're down there, you know, with the dirty stuff. With We're down there in the I'm ranked in the 6,000th best anime uh, category. Jesus. Um, But they call it a battle action series on my anime list. But honestly, 
I didn't run into a lot of battle action in the first three episodes. There was a there was a short fight scene in the in the corporate building with another knight, and then there was another another slightly longer battle with that same knight later on, but which they nearly kill him. But that was about it. And I don't know who could possibly watch this and enjoy it unless you you unless you yourself have knight white syndrome and you're like, well, yeah, I totally get that. I relate with it a lot. Yeah. And or are into young children. You can tell that I'm not butchering this review completely, or at least no one gives a shit, because nobody is ripping on me for hating this show. Nope. We all completely understand. Yeah, so, I mean, Lances and Masks, I knew it was going to be bad when I, when I watched the trailer. And you can see the little girl in the, tr- in, in, the, in the photo here. Look at this photo. You can totally see her. She is, how does he look? That's him riding the horse with the massive weapon. He He's looks about eight. Him? <laughs> oh, oh, on the horse. I thought you were talking about the young no, child. No, talking about the boy. This kid. I'm circling him with my mouse, making it very obvious. It's very hard to tell. Uh, I don't know. He looks like a little boy. When I asked you, I intended you to answer me in like one second. How old is he? Eight. How old he is looks he? like a small he child. He looks eight? Well, she's half his height, so she's not she born yet. She looks like two or three. She's prenatal. <laughs> she looks like a two-year-old. Oh, my God. Okay, he's eight and she's two. It's still gross. Yeah, that was my he point. looks like between 8 and 12 at the most. 12 would be high. I'm getting fired up now. I'm going to eat my mic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. This show expensive. sucks. <laughs> this show sucks so much ass that if you watch this, if you watch this, you may never watch anime again. And if you showed this to another person who's never watched anime, they will certainly never watch anime again, and they won't be your friend anymore. They might arrest you. Yeah, they might. The FBI will come bust through your windows while you're watching it because that is how bad this is. Oh no! God! No, God, please, no, 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 God, please, no, don't make me watch episode four. (laughs) No, God, please, no. (laughs) That's awesome. All right, guys, so I'm going to bring this bad boy home with the last impression. This is going to be an impression of Sakurako-san no Ashimoto ni wa shitai ga umateru. Nice. Don't know what that means. I bought in. You sound a Japanese there. I'm I'm really curious about this one because because this was one that I was like kind of interested in. Yeah, this show um, when I picked it, there wasn't a lot of information out there about it. It was like a very small plot summary and a couple images, but really not a whole lot. Um, it is based on uh, let's see here, based on a novel, a mystery novel series, um, and uh, sold pretty well. The plot is about. Uh, Shotaro uh, Tatewaki. He's a high schooler living in uh, Hokkaido. He meets uh, Sakurako Kujo, who is this girl, and she lives in almost like a mansion um, by herself, though. I think she lives with like her grandma or somebody. Um, I don't know who the old lady is, but some old lady. Uh, and she is really into bones, which sounds very strange, but apparently her, I think her father was some kind of forensics person and he dealt a lot with bones and all that so she grew up very much into it um so in the first in- episode is she a saint bernard <laughs> Jeez. i don't know i'm trying no <laughs> definitely not oh also um just so you guys know who directed it in the studio and all that stuff directed by makoto kato who hasn't done much of anything also uh did storyboard and episode director work for bitum but that's about it. Other than that, oh, and also I did a couple episodes of Servant X Service. Um, other than that, nothing. Uh, the studio is Troika, 
which worked on one other show that I'm aware of, which is Aldo Noah Zero. So there's uh, that. Oh, um, <laughs> bringing back memories. Anyways, uh, so first episode, you're introduced to Sakura, Sakurako-san, the girl, and the boy, uh, Shotaro, or whatever his name is, and, or whatever his name is. Um, and he is kind of like her little sidekick. He hangs out with her for whatever reason. She's older than him. Not by a whole lot. I would say she's probably... Uh, they don't really say... I don't think they really say her age, but she's probably 17, 18, I would assume. Who knows, though, with it, like a Japanese woman. They could be... She could be 40, for all I know. And he's probably a freshman in high school, what I would I would assume. Um, and so he, he, he hangs out with her, and she's super obsessed, as I said, with bones. So they are often going on adventures, digging up stuff, and trying to find um, skeletons and all that. She has, like, a bunch of skeletons around her house of, like, different animals and everything. So on the, on the first episode, uh, they uncover a human skull. Um, I believe this one, they're on the beach. Yeah, they're on the beach, and they're digging on the beach, and they just find a human skull, which is okay. I've never – I've dug a lot of holes on the beaches. I've never found a human skull, let alone any other bone. Uh, but they find this, and apparently uh, the skull has been bashed in. Like, there's it's, it's cracked. So she's like um, – Telling him, oh, yeah, this person was, you know, murdered. And she's just going to take the skull home and add it to her collection. And he's like, whoa, 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 we got to call the police. Like, there's a, there was a murder here. So they call the police. The police show up. Um, and it turns out that the, the murder happened, like, a couple hundred years ago. And she's able to distinguish this because she's so into bones and she knows so much about them that she's just like, oh, well, you can tell by this person's teeth that the dental... Uh, run away from that woman yeah like she knows Good all Lord. this she's like the kind of person that like it, this is the kind of show where she'll look at a thing and then be able to explain way more information than any other person could possibly know like i want to but, but like, yeah, i want to hang out with someone you know i think she sounds pretty uh she sounds like wifey material she, yeah, uh, she's she's, ob- she, she's obsessed with dead bodies of she's uh, for sure obsessed um so that you know they're like oh no this has been this person's been dead for like 150 years or whatever so no big deal um then they happen upon a uh an apparent suicide so there's two bodies that wash up on shore and the police are over and they see that as they're leaving or whatever a couple of things it's as i mentioned it's strange how she knows way more information than you could possibly imagine just by looking at a simple thing and also it's also strange how often they come across random murders (laughs) and human skeletons it's like how are you finding this um, so they happen across this apparent suicide. It looks like a couple. They had tied their wrists together um, and jumped off a bridge or something like that, and they washed up on shore. And um, she is able to distinguish that or determine that they have not. They were not. They did not commit suicide. That they were in fact murdered because of the way that the knot is tied, and also because of uh, the fact that there's no water in their lungs and all this stuff. So she's able to kind of uh, like Sherlock Holmes the whole situation. Um, forensic specialist. Yeah, she's like a yeah, exactly. She's a forensic specialist, but as I said, it's it's so over the top. Like, I mean, it's not, but it's not supposed to be over the top. It's one of those situations, and I've commented on this before, uh, where um, I forgot what show I mentioned this about, but she's a character who is supposed to be some kind of like crazy genius when it comes to forensics, when it comes to human bodies and skeletons and all that stuff. But you can't write the part of a genius unless you yourself are a genius. 
You right, know? exactly. The you person know can only be as smart as the writer. Exactly. The character can only be as intelligent as the writer. And in this particular case, they're making her supremely intelligent, but they don't explain. They explain things, but in a very shallow way. Like when they expl- she explained how the knot was tied a certain way. It's hard to believe that she would know all this information. That's all in the first episode. So a lot, lot happens in the first episode. Second episode, another murder takes place. Of course, uh, yeah. in this particular situation, she they find a there's a, a baby, like a small child, like maybe a two year old, who wanders into a police um, station. And at this point, they're at the station too because they're going into all this other stuff that's been going on. Um, and so the baby walks in and just by itself, and they're like, "Okay, what happened here?" Um, and the baby has like a bloody handprint on her backpack. So they kind of backtrack the whole situation, figure out what happened, where the child came from. You know, apparently her mother was murdered by some guy that broke into her house. They find the house, um, you know, by doing all this like Sherlock Holmes backtracking kind of detective work. They find the house. They get to the house. It's Sakurako-san and the boy, uh, whatever his name is, Shotaro. Um, And they're in the house and they find the dead body of the mother and as they're in the house, it's those two and then a police officer's with them. The same dude, the crazy murder guy, like, busts up in the house and, like, attack, like, goes at them. He's returning to the scene of the crime. Yeah, basically. Well, and he's all, like, tripped out. I think he's, like, on drugs or something. And so he shows up. He, um... Is he on bath salts? Something. I don't know what he's on, but he's all... It looks like he's messed out or something. And so he busts up in there. The cop tries to stop him, and the cop gets stabbed because the dude has a knife. And it's like, why... See... This is why Japanese cops should have guns. Because for sure in America, that would not happen. The dude will bust up in there and the cop will just be like, bang. <laughs> well, see you guys later. Yeah, Japanese cops don't have guns. Yeah, so so dude gets shanked right in the, right in the gut, falls down. And then the, the oh, oh, I, I, I backtrack a little bit. They find the dead mother, right? But somehow Sakurako is able to determine that there was another child there. And so uh, she kind of moves the mother's body out of the way and there's like... Um, you know how in some Japanese like kitchen areas they'll have like a like a thing where you can go up underneath and you can store crap. So like you lift yeah. part of the floorboard and yeah. Be, so the mother had put the there's a small baby. She put the baby underneath there and like kind of was on top of it and the dude stabbed him. So she fell on top of that door, and so Sakurako like moves the mother out of the way, opens the thing and there's a baby. But the baby baby's been sitting there for a couple of days, so it's like near death. And so Sakurako tries to like resuscitate it and she's doing like compression and stuff like that on the baby, and. Uh, until, like, you know, medical services can get there. And so the dude is, like, charging at her with a knife. She can't stop what she's doing because, you know, the baby will die. And then uh, Shotaru, like, runs in the way. And as he does so, Sakurako, like, shouts out uh, some other name. I forgot. Uh, oh, uh, screams out the name Sotaro, which apparently you'll find out a little bit in the following episode that that was her brother, I think. Um, and so the dude, like, is charging at him with the knife. And then Shotaro, like a badass, just freaking judo tosses the guy. <laughs> like, and apparently he's like a judo black belt or something and just never really talked about it. So, so I, I have a question. Yeah. Have you seen the show Bones? I have not. Because I was going to say. Is it eerily, sim- eerily similar? Well, I mean, the, the TV show Bones is, and I haven't watched it in a long time, but it's called Bones because I think it's about like an archaeologist or something is what she technically is, but her specialty is in yes. human remains. Yes, I know exactly what and you're talking about now. This is uh, has the guy who used to play Angel in Buffy. Maybe. Yeah, no, it's 100% him. <laughs> I, I don't, I never watched Buffy, oh, so that out. doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, I know Angel is a character in Buffy, but anyways, so. Uh, yeah, I didn't. 
So I, I'm just wondering if this is a show where you can say, if you like the show Bones, perhaps. I mean, I've never like really, this. I've never really watched Bones, but it seems like because he's a detective, I believe in the show, right? He's like a cop or something. Well, well, it's it's a team. So she's like the scientist. Yeah. Um, which she's called Bones because she's obsessed with bones and loves bones and knows everything about them. And he's part of the FBI or something. Or and right. she gets called in to help consult on cases because it, what made me think of it is like the oh, there's no way he could have tied this because the way his neck neck snapped and the fracture of the vertebrae like that sounded very bones to me. Yeah, so. I, I I would I would guess it's kind of similar. I can't really say though because I haven't watched the show. But um, so anyways, they long just kind of moving along with this thing. So that happens. Uh. And, you know, the baby's saved and all that. Uh, following episodes, they are in a random park going on a, a nature trail, and they find another dead body. That's kind of like the theme of each episode is they find a dead body. They figure out how it, how it died. This one's an old lady that they think uh, committed suicide. Um, and the granddaughter of the old lady is actually one of Shotaru's, like, student, uh, you know, fellow students at school. And so they find out they think, you know, they think the old lady killed herself. Turns out she actually just slipped, fell, died. Whatever, whatever. Um, and you know, we're, we're almost out of time. So I, well, actually we're past time, but, uh, so each episode has kind of been like that. They also have like these weird, like CG scenes where when she's kind of discovering what happened, where you'll see like, it'll, it'll go CG and you'll have like these almost like ghostly type skeletons of animals flying by her and stuff. It's kind of, kind of cool. Um, the show's okay. Um, I was kind of struggling between whether or not I should pass it. Um, if you like maybe that show Bones, you might be interested in this. Uh, I, I would I would say maybe check it out, try an episode. The first episode is very ind- indicative of what the following episodes have been. So if you watch the first one and you like that, then hey, go for it. Um, I, you know, the, we, we do have several other shows this season, though, that I feel like are a lot better than this. Um, so even though I do like it somewhat, I don't think it's going to be strong enough to carry through. Um so yeah, so for now I'm, I might still watch it later, but I'm gonna have to fail, Sakurako-san. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. All right, so I feel like we got through a lot, guys. I do too. All right, uh, so let's bring this bad boy around. We got some pizza waiting Take in the, the other room. Take the train into the station. <laughs> Take the train to the station. I'm gonna back it in there. There will be an after party. Oh, yeah. And I think that we have lots of stuff to talk about still. Oh, my God, so much. Um, so, uh, let's see here. The in-show weekly trivia question was in the anime major, which I need to go watch the rest of that anime. Yeah, yeah. Um, Goro, the main character, is known by two last names. What are his two last names? Honda and Shigeno. Now, Honda is his father's last name, right? Right. And Shigeno is what, his adopted parent's last name? Correct. His adopted mother, because I think that's the late... Isn't that how that works? And then uh, she marries, yeah, basically. and then she marries the dude that used to play with his father. Right. Yeah, yeah. man, that's, that's a it. good show. Uh, yeah, it's got some heavy shit right in the beginning. Dude, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, literally first episode. You're like, what? What? No, I think it's like the fifth or sixth episode. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, all right, my bad. But still, it's. I mean, it's 170 episodes. That's pretty much the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It gets it gets deep. Um, okay, so let's bring this home, guys. Of course. You can find us here live streaming every Sunday, 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, which is now, I think, 10 o'clock GMT. We just had our uh, our, our time change here in the States. So Yeah, um, that's true. Good uh, point. We, you can find us on our Ustream. Just uh, look for Anime Addicts Anonymous on Ustream. You'll find us there. Or make it easy on yourself. Just go to our website, aaapodcast.com. From there, you can find links to our Facebook 
uh, our Twitter, which is uh, twitter.com slash AAA podcast. Uh, you can find Chiaki at Elise Cover, where Woo. she talks a lot about her books and all this craziness that she's doing because she's a super successful ar- author <laughs> and, you know, it makes me feel bad about myself every day. No. Uh, you can find me at AAA Kazuo, where I post pictures of cats and talk about video games <laughs> um thank you to everyone that joined us in the chat we love you all even if you're balding and have a ponytail <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're, still, we do. you're still okay with us and we will catch you next week i love you bye-bye oh yeah oh yeah coochie goose <laughs>